Hello gamers from around the world, this is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of the World of Gaming, your number and? one podcast. And, yeah, 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 and we have a co-stream. Exactly, Mundo. It is because... Yeah, it is a little weird this week because, uh, first of all, you are climbing a mountain tomorrow. Uh, I am. Yes, for charity. That's why we're not making fun, but <laughs> it's going to be hilarious to see anyway. Um, and, uh, of course, there is a Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. And our friends in the US are probably... Uh, rather spending the day with their families uh, uh, than listening to us. And so we decided to simply host uh, the podcast today. And since that takes up your usual slot uh, for your show, Dutch, we just said, okay, let's co-stream because YouTube really doesn't like it if you don't have content uh, every yeah. week. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's why we're here on a Monday. Uh, on a Monday. On a on a on a Wednesday. God, it would be awful if it would be. Yeah, I can't You've wait lost for the weekend. Days now. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm so ready for a vacation. You know, I I can't wait for the Christmas break. Honestly, I'm a little little exhausted from work. Honestly. Yeah, we um, we've got targets that we can if we if we achieve said revenue targets by set date, then then we'll break up earlier. So we've got staggered. If we achieve it by the 8th, we break up on the 8th. Mm. If we break, if we don't, then the next is the 15th. If we don't, the next is the 20th. So we've got staggered. So I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> for the earliest possible. Um, we'll see. So we go. We shall what about see. you? Yeah, uh, I have to work up? till actually uh, the 22nd uh, of December is my last day at work. But then I have almost two weeks off um and that's 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 a good thing man that's a good thing but it's not why we're here man um we we use this podcast and uh, especially the discussions with the community to distract ourselves like probably a lot of us do um uh with gaming and and with podcasts and content on different channels um to yeah, talk about something else rather than our work life. Uh, we have to do that every day anyway. So uh, let me welcome our communities. Uh, a lot Let's. of awesome people are already uh, showing up here on in both ch- uh, chats. And that is fantastic. Big welcome to you. And of course, a big welcome to everyone who listens after the fact, either here on YouTube or on the podcast services around the globe, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, where are you listening? Welcome to this week's World of Gaming. And I thought, Dutch, man, this is a little uh, light news week. But then Very I, light, yeah. yeah, then I put together actually the topics for today, and I realized, man, there is still plenty of awesome stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah, so we will weird. definitely uh, talk about. Uh, the big discussion on the socials right now about um, console shares in Europe and how, uh, in particular, Xbox is performing across Europe. We will talk about the estimated um, Xbox revenue for the next quarter and beyond. 
Then we will talk about the big lawsuit that Sony is actually facing in the UK now, uh, which is quite massive. Five billion pounds, which is, if I uh, did it right, around seven point something uh, US dollars, um, which is quite quite a lot um, because of too high game prices and yeah we will definitely discuss that but the best news is there are so many news about some awesome games we will talk about of course wonder woman we will talk about borderlands 4 and tiny tina's wonderland 2 we will talk about dragon's dogma and kotor and so much more Immortals of Alien, a lot of yes. great stuff to discuss on the gaming uh, side of fronts. Then we have news on the Switch 2 and GTA 6. So, yes. man, and if that is not enough, we have a lot of backup topics and, of course, our awesome yeah. community questions. But first, of course, we want to talk about what we are playing currently and we want to know from everyone in chat and that should be doing something new here today uh, yes i decided in, uh, rather than just put on some gameplay uh, that i decide Ooh. let our community decide what they want to watch i got uh, plenty of uh, gameplay for final fantasy 16 and of course h4 um final and fantasy going on for my caps so your yeah. community is going to get a, a, a treat Whatever they decide, my community is getting Final Fantasy 16, so deal with it. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Over my channel, you have the choice. Uh, right now, uh, the poll is up in the chat, and it's looking good for H4. Uh, but, nice. of course, we will uh, leave that up for a bit, uh, for a few okay. minutes, so everyone can vote what, what we're going to watch uh, first. Yeah, nice. because we will probably ch switch gameplay then midway through the show or so. But yeah. Um, yeah, so let us know in the chat what have you guys been playing in Dutch? What has kept you busy, man? Yes, yes. So quickly before I get into that, quick shout out to Dave Ramos with a $5 super chat. Dave, that mm. of course will be going to the charity fund. Um, so that one probably won't hit this month, but I'll put it in anyway and it'll, it'll cover anyway. Um, but he says, from this side of the pond, happy Thanksgiving Eve, y'all. Happy, uh, hope everyone in the community has a safe and wonderful few days. Let's go. So, yes, yes. to all of our American friends, awesome. happy Thanksgiving Eve. Yes. And happy and, Thanksgiving for tomorrow. And let me follow um, up with Drawn T. Chase, Super Chat. He sends in $2. Right. Thank you so much, brother. He says, happy Thanksgiving, Boxy and Dutch. Yeah, thank you. And happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Um... So, yeah, again, that's why we're here on Wednesday. Uh, so everyone can celebrate tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, Dutch, what, what what are you playing right now? Because I know we're playing something very similar. Yes, well, probably the same thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm probably. playing Final Fantasy sixteen, and yeah. um, I'm pleasantly surprised, put it that way. I'm pleasantly surprised. I wasn't expecting... I didn't know whether or not I would like it as much because um, it was... And it is... Uh, a much more linear approach to Final Fantasy. It kind of reminds me of the linear kind of approach that they use for 13. 13 mm. 1 was fine for me. 13 2 started to get a bit iffy. 13 3 was terrible. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. 13 1, it was very linear in its in its approach, very in its story. And then it kind of opened up a smidge near the end. But 
it was more of a story-driven approach in that sense. It was more of an action RPG for Final Fantasy thirteen, even though it was still turn-based at that time. Um, this one, on the other hand, is still a linear RPG um, or a linear action RPG, yeah. um, but it does have some open-ish areas that you can kind of go through. Um, some happy but areas the story and, yeah. is fantastic. I, I have to say that. I couldn't the agree story is It looks very pretty. The story's mm-hmm. fantastic, and the set pieces, especially the bosses and the the Acon battles, are a treat to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's literally what I've been playing is just yeah. Final Fantasy sixteen. And because I've been streaming it, Boxy, mm-hmm. it's the, I, I, I had to cheat the other day because I wanted to play it, but I wasn't set to stream, so I. I recorded some footage for this wonderful podcast for two hours instead there you go (laughs) so that's good i recorded two hours of footage but i've been every time i've not been streaming it i've been like i want to play the game um Mm. but i've said it's going to be a stream game so uh i'm doing that but yeah i've played a lot of it i've played about probably about 15 hours ish now and you are Um, probably a lot further into the game um i would say i'm around I don't know. I have to check the six, seven hour mark would be my guess. Um, but yeah, man, I agree. It's it's much more linear than uh, than the last ones. Um, listen, I enjoyed 15. Uh, 15 was a good game, but 15 yeah. was a very open world game yeah. and kind of a boring one in the beginning. And once you got to act four... It suddenly became much more linear, and then uh, I enjoyed the game a lot more. Um, with fifteen, in the beginning, you were driving around in the car with the with the boys, and it it felt like very stretched out. And this one is very different, like you said, it's way more linear. Um, yeah. Certain open areas with with some minor side quests, but mainly that's. It's a linear action RPG, and I, yeah. I'm also really surprised by how much I do enjoy the story. The story is really good so far. Um, uh, I would say, especially in the tutorial, which lasts for two to three hours, yeah, like yeah. a lot yeah. of cutscenes. I mean, I was well, especially, probably, especially the opening hour. Like yeah, most of that opening hour is a cut is scene. cutscenes. Um, th- so then they have these c- some cutscenes where you have to press a button sometimes, but that's about it. And uh, a lot, a lot of cutscenes in the beginning. That that starts to change now. So the last two three hours I played were still cutscene heavy, but they tell a great story. But a lot more gameplay, uh, which yeah. is why we play games, right? Um, yeah. So that would be like the minor critique, but otherwise, I do agree. I do enjoy the com uh, the the combat, although it feels super easy. Yeah, I wish it would very simple. Um, uh, I'm playing on the hardest difficulty available in the first playthrough. You only have the, the choice in between story mode and regular. Like super yeah. hard or whatever it's it's called, um, only unlocks apparently after finishing the story for the first time. So it feels a little easy, but then um, I'm feeling like a badass, which is always a good thing in a game, right? So 
I'm I'm good with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, uh, it's pretty. I I'm still not sure in which mode I want to continue to play the game. What what are you playing? Oh. I know you're playing the 30 FPS, right? I'm playing the graphics mode, and that's mainly because I've heard from when I because I when you put that up as well, I, I kind of had a look at people's opinions on the performance mode of it as well, and the it's like the performance isn't it isn't stable at 60 and also the this it does take a quite a visual downgrade when it comes to the the mm. it looks very smooth and and kind of blurry in in the performance mode so I, that's the main reason I'm kind of sticking on on the graphical fidelity mm. mode is because it's clear it's very it stable is. it doesn't feel slow or sluggish and it I, does. I think that's it, down it, in actually, I have to disagree here very hard. That's mm. my my problem with the game. The performance mode feels good when you play. At yeah. least I haven't tried turning off VRR. I don't see a point in that. But with VRR, yeah. it feels super smooth in the performance mode. But the graphical hit is very noticeable, and mm. a lot of you know of the very cool lighting effects, particle effects are significantly reduced and. Yeah. Even worse, like the resolution is, I don't know I, uh, what it is, but it <laughs> looks good. super blurry. Like really, yeah. it it's painful to 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 look at. Um, and then you play it uh, in the graphics mode, where the game really looks crisp and sharp and great particle effects and everything, but it yeah. feels super sluggish. It it really yeah. feels not good in 30 fps because it is a fast-paced game uh, even outside of the combat when you move your characters around it's a fast-paced movement and it is it just doesn't feel good but that's the two options you have and it just reminded me again that we need more powerful consoles <laughs> it's just, we need them the upgrades. we need I them think, I, I think this one it, visually in, in fidelity mode, it looks fantastic, but I think this one hasn't really been optimized to its its highest potential by Square. I really don't. In comparison to previous Final Fantasies, like fifteen, mm. as you mentioned before, a massive open world, but it also was optimized to the to the absolute tits. Yes, but they also used the most advanced technology at the time when fifteen released. That was when Hairworks originally dropped out by Nvidia. Yeah. And you had all of these advanced NVIDIA technologies that worked alongside that to try and push that game forwards and be as like detailed and as performant as possible. And I think they took a step backwards on this one on performance. Mm. And granted, like I say, a visual like fidelity mode looks great. And to me, it plays plays decent for what it is because, it's again, it's a single-player game, so I'm not that bothered. Mm. If it was a little bit different, like I say, and it, and it had multiplayer elements or anything, it would... That always bothers me then, because then I do need 60, always. It feels okay. I haven't tried performance to know the difference. Mm. But again, hearing about the, the significant drop in the visual like output in performance, it's just putting me off even trying that, yeah. regardless of how good it feels. Because it like the game looks really nice as a, as a visual spectacle. And I could... Uh, with certain games, I don't mind dropping it down to performance mode, like uh, Jedi. Mm. I play the entirety of Jedi in performance. I didn't play it in fidelity Me too. because it looked good in performance yeah. and it looked good in fidelity. So it wasn't like it didn't bother us. But hearing from everybody that's played it that there is a significant downgrade in how it looks 
in performance. It just doesn't, as it stands, it doesn't seem like it's worth dropping that for, yeah. for, for the extra I, game. Yeah, I also lean towards the graphics mode, even though, again, it fe- doesn't feel good because it yeah. it's so blurry in performance mode that mm. it, 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 it really... It makes me tired. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. It, it. It. But yeah. 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 It makes um, you feel like your your eyes are tired anyway. But um, yeah, yeah. But exactly. again, 15 for people, I agree with you. For fifteen, it it does start slow. Yeah. Um, and then picks up. Then I gets, enjoyed fifteen, but yeah. it takes it's, like oh, five, six hours, uh, seven hours maybe to get to that point where where in fifteen it picks up, and that's def- def- definitely different in 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 sixteen. Yeah. So. In, in sixteen. Like I say, you've got that that it's it's interesting the intro, but you get no gameplay in the first hour. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a little bit of walking. But it, but like, it is okay. it is an, a really interesting story that they put up. So yeah. yeah, before we continue talking about games, um, the community has voted on my uh, uh, chat uh, Dutch, and it is um. It is seventy per. I'm I'm just gonna close the the poll now. Seventy-two uh, percent voted on H uh, four. So awesome Ooh. stuff. We're gonna watch a lot of H four because that's actually the the other game I have been playing. And man, you know how much I like to talk about H. And yeah, uh, it's this time it wasn't just an update where they released a bunch of multiplayer maps and and stuff. They brought out a new Civ, and along with it, a, a new campaign. We're gonna watch some footage from that campaign. And nice. Um, I'm playing on uh, uh, the hardest difficulty um, available in the beginning. Uh, there will be all. It's very similar. Like when you finish, that will open up another higher um, difficulty. But yeah. Uh, it's super challenging, um, and uh, because for, for two reasons, of course, when you play like, on on that difficulty, you um, really have to know your Sif. And I'm not really particular familiar with the with the new um, with the new Sifs. Uh, it plays very similar to the Abyssid, which have already been available, but the Abyssid have never been a Sif I do enjoy playing. I tried them a little bit in ranked yeah. online, but yeah, it's not my type of style. I I really prefer like the English or the Holy Roman Empire um, uh, as, as Sifs to play in, in in online multiplayers, and those play very very different. But it's the campaign is just so good, man. Uh, really, it's like like in the main game, um, uh, just a fantastic campaign with so much variety in the mission design. For a strategy game, it's really not like the campaign is, okay, you build your base, gather your resources, build up your army, then destroy the other uh, opponent. Uh, they have, like, certain uh, missions that remind me a little bit of Capture the Flag. Others, you get, like, you have to hold certain areas, and if you hold them, you get some extra units, and you can't build units on your own in your town center or whatever yeah but uh, you have to wait till they drop ship and it's like super stressful we're gonna see that mission right after the one we are watching right now and honestly this is um just an incredible experience and i i was over my addiction yeah diablo broke my age uh, (laughs) for addiction 
But man, now I'm back in. I also played some online multiplayer matches again, realized that I'm really not in practice. And of course, <laughs> those are playing the, the ranked online right now are the ones that st did stick with the game. And yeah. uh, they they are leaps ahead of what uh, I used to. And I realized like, okay, yeah, certain strategies, you know, which things to buy first, build first, um, how to set up your base properly. They they were very natural during my, you know, hardcore H4 phase uh, where I put almost 700 hours in. And I need to get back on uh, on track here. It takes a lot of practice, but it is it is a phenomenal game. Um, and I, I couldn't recommend it more. Uh, the Rise uh, of the Sultans... Uh, eh, pardon, no, the Sultans Ascent. Um, that's what it's called. Um it's only 15 bucks and it's worth every penny. Uh, H4 is just an insanely good experience. So highly, highly recommend uh, that. Um, but yeah, let's let's see what our community has been playing. Um, uh, hang on, I lost the chat. Um, well, Vinny, Vinny in my community started God of War Ragnarok for the first oh, time. So very cool. He's doing that. Yeah. Um, but we also have, uh, let's have a look here. Fantosa was gifted by Yuki Dazarus. He was gifted Final Fantasy 16. So um, he's going to be starting that up tonight. I think he might nice. even be starting it at some point during the podcast. So I hope Ooh. he enjoys that and listening to the Geordie accents of the characters. Yeah. I can't believe they're all from the Northeast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed. <laughs> Dustin Lambert has been playing Wolong, uh, Fallen Dynasty, Forza Motorsport, and Forza Horizon 5. Nice. Uh, Desi Baby is, of course, playing Final Fantasy XVI. Ballantone is also playing H4. That is awesome. Um, Tendo says uh, the Japanese civilization is epic in H4. And uh, add on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they are very different from the, the, the Chinese. Um, which, by the way, is also a great Civ to play. Um, but I have to look more into the details of Jap uh, the Japanese Civ because, man, I, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, exploits you can use. Uh, it's a uh, man. Uh, and he continues to say the elephants are OP facts, man. They are definitely are. Um <laughs> John TJ has been playing Halo Infinite, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, and Arc Ascent, and Alan Wake 2. Quite the playlist. Man, do let us know in the chat, how do you like Arc Ascent? Because that just basically stealth dropped. You know, that's the, the, the remake of the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in, the, in the new engine, um, and uh, in, in Unreal 5. And um, yeah, I... Always say Ark is the most weird game I have played, but that I yes. only played it when it came to early access, and you, there was still like you know the 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 command box open in the in the windows, and there was zero introduction or tutorials. You were just thrown somewhere on an island, and then you had no idea what you're actually supposed to do, and uh, it was a very weird experience. So. Oscar, uh, Emilio Gonzalez is playing Halo Infinite, Pentiment, Death Store, and Halo again. <laughs> wow, people have got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. 
usually Back I can't play more than two games uh, simultaneously. Oh, no. It's like I know. It's a... see, I can do that at times, Boxy, but it's only when a game isn't engrossing me enough that I only want to play that. So when like Hogwarts came out, I only wanted to play Hogwarts. Mm. When Final Fantasy 16 now, at the minute, I just want to play Final Fantasy 16. Like I don't, I, I've still got to play through Cyberpunk and finish that. Okay, but, but I haven't yet, and I've still, um, still need to start Elder Scrolls Online, but I haven't because I just want to play 16. Um, but yeah, like when I'm in that mode where like a few things are juggling up, that's because one of them hasn't really got us to the point where I just want that one. But mm. I'm usually a juggler. Um, back from the dead in my chat, he's uh, just finished Destiny Season 2, um, Season of the Witch, waiting for the next season to start. And Diablo 4 Season of Blood has been really fun until 27th to get 35% more XP and gold. Nice. Nice. There we go. Um, Ninja Squirrel has also been playing Halo Infinite multiplayer, DayZ, mm. and NBA 2K. Nice, nice. Um, 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 Honorable Merc has been playing Hunt Showdown and Dark Tide. Oh, I love Dark Tide, man. Dark Tide is such an underrated game. I really enjoyed that. Um, is it? I'm glad. I'm glad that they they intentionally delayed it to sort the performance out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm then glad they did that. we have Lord Metroid, um, yeah. who just became a channel uh, member. No, uh, pardon me, he is a channel member. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, seven a super months. member chap for seven months. Yeah. Um, he says he's playing Mario Wonder, phenomenal game, Salute Guys. It is. It, it really is. I'm playing that actually with my boys. Um We tried co-op, but somehow the game is a lot more challenging in co-op. So now we we st just started to take turns. I, I let the boys play, and whenever they, you know, are stuck, Daddy is trying to help out. But it is really, really a good and fun game. Um, good stuff here. Good stuff. So, uh, as always, Dutch, our community is playing a lot of cool things um i hope i didn't miss anyone uh if so i'm i'm very sorry uh sometimes uh, a little bit hard to keep up with the chat but we do our best um but yeah uh dutch let us get into some topics here today um maybe we, we just start with with some controversial game Wonder Woman. It was announced, or it wasn't really announced, earlier th this week, we found out that um, Wonder Woman apparently is going to be a live service game because uh, some developer on LinkedIn uh, posted uh, that they are looking for job roles, you know, that of people that have experience with continued games, uh, ongoing service games. And Now, uh, they actually came out, uh, Warner Brothers came out and confirmed uh, yet again that it's going to be a single-player game. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, of course, they also reiterated a little bit uh, on 
the game having uh, an, uh, the Nemesis system again, which first was introduced in the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games, um, which I quite liked. It had its flaws, but it was a great idea. And I'm still wondering uh, how they're gonna, going to implement that in Wonder Woman, because uh, how they did it in the Shadow of War and uh, Mortal games um, was simply okay. Uh, you can't just your ghost came back and bam. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they implement that. But are you glad that even after Warner Brothers announcing that they want to shift their focus um, of their entire IPs? Uh, on service and ongoing games uh, that this is uh, still a single player game uh, have, and, and not a life or gas game you know like Suicide Squad um, which is also coming out um, pretty soon how you feel about yeah. that man uh, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad um, There's, a, there's some weird industry kind of thing going on where everyone's trying to find the next big live service game. And I can understand why they want to, but I, I feel like half of them don't understand the requirements for it. Mm. Half of them think making a live service game is just being able to monetize. Yeah. Um, not not just like focus on really interesting content and, and continuous interesting content. Like, if it's going to be live service, you need to have a roadmap of content and it needs to be enjoyable, full stop, and forever. <laughs> um, and that content cadence needs to be continuous. Like, you can't just have, there's the content and then we don't add to it for another year. It's there's the content and then every three to six months you're adding sizable content that is enjoyable and that the story can progress in or the story advances more or there is something else there. Like not just add egregious microtransactions and think that'll make it a, a good live service game because that's not how it works. And and if it doesn't connect and the story isn't good from the off, people will not buy it and they'll not play it and then it'll die. So the initial content needs to be rock solid. You either have to, to have to have amazing gameplay from the off and the story's kind of mediocre. And then you can kind of go, okay, we can fix the story because the gameplay is solid and people like the gameplay, so we can kind of fix the story in add-ons. Or the story needs to be absolutely rock solid, but then the gameplay is kind of okay, and then they can work on the gameplay. If you launch and the, and the story's kind of eh, mediocre, but the gameplay is kind of okay, it's going to be dead in the water. And this is the thing that like a lot of these companies don't realize, is like it needs to have... Like it needs to excel in one or the other. It can't yeah. like both of them can't just be okay. It needs to either have really fun gameplay so that people keep coming back, or the story needs to be amazing. And I think especially with superhero games, it, it I think the focus really needs to be on the gameplay initially. The story can be hit or miss for anyone with superhero games. Like I tend to find the vast majority of superhero games are kind of story wise, kind of they're all right. But it's kind of—I tend to find they're all very much same, same when it comes to the story. Like because they're superheroes, it's always the the. I would, the, the, the I would, I would disagree here. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, kind of the cadence. Like, there's always a different story, but I mean, the cadence of a story of a superhero is there's always loss. There's always something going on, like in terms of you lose a relative or you lose a friend or someone someone dies because of a villain, and then you hate that villain and have to chase him down and. Like the, that generic thing is is always the same. Um, with 
especially with the likes of Wonder Woman or um, or Spider Man or anything like that, like a singular superhero. When you're talking about like a Suicide Squad or um, a Guardians of the Galaxy, it's an entirely yeah. different beast because that's like a group of a gang of friends and like they're all like joking on with each other and stuff. So the, the story really is revolving around them as a group as opposed to like the the overall arch nemesis that they go up against because if you think about guardians of the galaxy for instance there was multiple kind of arch enemies throughout it and then you got the kind of big threat the overall looming threat at the end but really the the story was what was played on screen between the characters and the individual stories between them which was how that worked and i think suicide squad will be very similar like the stories really will be between these characters and whether or not these characters that are on screen work with each other um, and, and how well the acting is between that group of, of characters. Um, the overall arch, overarching threat in Suicide Squad, I don't think anybody's going to really care about. It could be the giant starfish from the second Suicide Squad movie. You know what I mean? It's but, like You're not going to care about who it is. It's just taking down the target. Whereas mm. in the likes of Spidey or Wonder Woman, there's always a singular arch enemy that you kind of get to know. As you know in Spidey 1, who the enemy was all the way. Well, you didn't at the beginning, then you found out who the enemy was, and then you kind of go after that singular purpose, and there's like a story around that. Um, so I think, especially with this being a live, not being a live service game, and they're focusing on the story, then I think that's a positive move for them, because I don't think as a live service game, singular character live service game, it would work. Mm. I don't. I just don't think it would. For a superhero game, I think it, Group games, I, well, kind of well, understand. I, I do agree with that. Um, yeah. and of course, games as service titles need kind of live by okay, you either you create your own character or you can buy multiple characters or skins or whatnot, and become someone else, like in Fortnite or anything. But, um, on the story side of things, um, I mean, look at, at, at the Batman games, you know, the Arkham games, yeah. uh, like. Amazing stories have been told there. Um, yeah, and but then, very then different you can imagine, ones. Then you try to imagine them games, but forced live service. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm you know totally I mean? pro that being a yeah. single player game because I feel like yeah. the games as a service genre is kind of saturated. It is really really hard to get into games as a service in this day and age because there are already so many games as a service titles out there and gamers can only play so many of them. You you don't play like 10 different uh, games as a service titles. You usually choose one and that's your go-to yeah. title. And then you have, of course, single player games also on the side. But you don't usually, I, I don't know anyone. Let, it, let us know in the chat if someone is playing like multiple Uh, uh, games as a service titles on a regular basis. Uh, I feel like that's really hard to do and that's why this market is so saturated and people are just sick and tired of them. Um, yeah. And uh, and so I do understand the, 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 it from a business perspective. You kind of want don't want to just generate a little revenue after you launch the game in, in the first couple of weeks or months. You sell a bunch of units and then You don't have any income for the next three to five years until you release the next game. Um, I, I do understand that, uh, but um, 
then if you look at the most successful games over the last couple of years, like last year, yeah, Elden Ring, solely single player game. If you look at this yeah. year, the most successful game is of course Hogwarts Legacy, a single player game, yeah. yeah? And, and, and the, the games as a service titles that have been successful over the last years were not the ones really the newly released ones. Yeah. Again, it's like Call of Duty. I consider that uh, it's kind of a, a games as a service title. I know yeah. actually Warzone is the is the ga- ga- games as a service version of it. But yeah, it. Uh, I think what we've got to remember here, Boxy, as well is, and I think the companies need to remember, is the vast majority. And of course, there's going to be outliers. There's going to be people that juggle a couple of them. But the vast majority of people, once they've got their their game of a service game that they into and play religiously that's the game that they play religiously and then they drop into other single player games around them yeah it's very rare you find people juggling several games as a service games at the same time so it's even harder these days now because to get someone's attention away from their game of a service game that they've already invested their time and energy into they have to stand out and be something really magnificent mm. to catch their attention and pull them away from a world that yeah. they already love. And, I and think probably they already thing. invested a lot of money in. For people to yeah. move away from Fortnite, where they have spent hundreds of um, euros on on V-Bucks and, and skins and stuff, and to just abandon that game to move over to the next one, that's incredibly challenging. And you can even tell that big companies that are very well known for like over monetizing games um like EA yeah yeah are slowly moving away from that approach yeah with games like uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor and and Fallen Order and having having those single player experiences and they can still generate a lot of money uh, so yeah i'm glad that apparently it looks like um Warner Brothers was saying, yes, we do games as a service, uh, probably having Suicide Squad in mind, and then also bringing out single-player games like like Wonder Woman. And I wonder when we will see something, because that game has been announced two years ago, and they've been radio yeah. silent, and uh, ever since Shadow of... Was Mordor or War the, the second one? Uh, I think Shadow of War was the second one. War, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been a while, um, like seven, eight years now. Um, so, yeah, I, I wonder what that studio uh, has been cooking with Wonder Woman. Um, can't wait to see that, man. Um, but yeah, uh, let let us move on uh, to to another topic. Um, that actually, Chess Corn, our friend, uh, man, we have to invite him back on the show. By the way, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when, when there's better news. <laughs> when they, yeah. We'll get them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to have uh, chess on when when there's actually uh, bigger bigger Something Xbox news, about. of course. Um, but he yeah. broke a story uh, this week um, about the the estimated um, Xbox uh, revenue um, in in the next quarter and beyond. And um, of course, now with ABK being part of, of Microsoft and, and uh, the Xbox division, it looks like um, for the first time ever, 
Uh, Xbox is uh, going to beat um, Sony uh, to the third place, um, making them the second second largest well publisher in terms of revenue uh, behind Tencent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, what, what did you think uh, of uh, this? Uh, does it really matter? Is it is is big uh, for Microsoft, or what do? How do you feel about that, man? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of inevitable at this stage yeah. because, <clears throat> of course, they've they've acquired one of the largest publishers in the world, if not the largest publisher in the world, and um, the the revenues that they've got now are coming from all angles. So, unlike Sony and unlike Nintendo, um, they now because of the IPs that they have that are remaining multi-platform, such as Call of Duty. Um, and then obviously you've got the mobile segment with with King and Candy Crush and things like that. Um, obviously, on the mobile segment, that means they encompass every Android device on the planet and all Apple devices on the planet. So the covered there. Not only does the mobile segment apply there, but we know they've got Android stores on uh, and Apple stores on PCs and Macs, so you can play the mobile games on there as well. If you want to, I don't know anybody that does, but it's a possible, uh, yeah. and some people might. Um, so they've got revenue, massive revenue stream coming from the mobile sector. They've now got massive revenue stream coming from third parties because of the likes of Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, etc., which is this recurring revenue service. Yeah. Um, of course, now they get a slice of the pie for everything that's uh, everything Call of Duty rise on PlayStation. And in the future, a slice of the pie when it, when Call of Duty jumps onto Nintendo, and then a slice of the pie when it's on NVIDIA devices, and so on and so forth. So they've got it coming from everywhere. Um, so it was inevitable that the revenue is going to increase tenfold for them. And I think it's like double the revenue that they've got now. Yeah. Uh, might even be more than that. Um, but it's, you know, the deal, I mean, we've, we've all joked about this. Realistically, Microsoft have already made up as a, as a company, realistically, Microsoft have already made up the money that they've spent on Activities. They've done yeah. it already. Like <laughs> that, them for them, that was just okay. We have this set aside; it's already accounted for. That's like it's done and dusted. That we don't even need to make that money back. We've made it up as a company. This now it's a case of the the company itself can pay, pay itself off and. It generates enough revenue on a quarterly and annual basis to have paid itself over, like within the next four to five years. Um, yeah. So, although it can kind of count it in, and Microsoft will be counting it in, um, regular investors, anybody in finance, will know, of course, that they won't be casting that as kind of a profit margin from the company until that buyback period is done. They've got okay right now. It's you've covered the seventy billion that we've paid for you, and then yeah. now it's profit. Um. But again, the company don't care because ultimately they've made that money back. As Microsoft as a business, it's technically still profit at the minute. But yeah. what they'll be looking at when it comes to my Xbox specifically is okay. Xbox will now be generating this amount of money every year. So the initial jump's going to be massive. Um, the way it's measured going forward is going to be different. So we're going to have this massive peak um, at the end of, will it be Q1 or Q2? It'll be Q1, well, won't it? It, 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 it will be the, the Q3 for, uh, in terms of fiscal year. Q3 now. Yeah. Right. I don't know when their financial kind of end of year is. Yeah, um, end of June. Yeah, so. so Q3. Right. So it'll be Q3 is going to have this massive weird 
uh, like spike. Yeah, huge spike. Yeah. After that, Q4 and ignoring end of year because end of year is going to have a huge spike because of that as well. But that after that, then the following year, so Q4 and then Q1 of the following uh, financial year, that's that's when you kind of start measuring things again. Yeah. Um, because it's going to have this weird outlier now, and you, it's not really measurable at that point because you go, okay, look at this, massive income. Yeah. But that's you can't really track the performance based on that. You've got to really track it. Okay, Q1 of the following financial year, let's see how things go. That's when you start targeting it. So it's good for Microsoft, but they expect it. Um, and they'll, they'll be very much doing the same thing. They'll be saying, right, the actual targeting phase will be from Q1 of 23, 23 24 financial year. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it really doesn't come that much of a surprise um, yeah. to me because obviously um, you, you can just look at the revenue generated by by abk and add that on top of the the xbox um existing revenue it will be really interesting to see though what microsoft as as a company allows the xbox division now to do um obviously the the money for the 70 billion came out of the mother company yeah and yeah. and now this is obviously uh, seen as one of the biggest um Uh, divisions within Microsoft, which is crazy to think about, yeah. Uh, when you look where they started 22 years ago, um, and uh, obviously having such a higher income and revenue allows you to also do different kind of kinds of investments, and it will be really interesting to see how Xbox is going to position themselves in which kind yeah. of segments are they going to invest are they are they trying to take the console um market more serious again the what i consider like the core gaming segment or are they yeah. doubling down on cloud uh, is it going to more on be more on pc or now with mobile because we know that the um, the 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 Apple Store has to open up next year, and they still intend to launch their own mobile store um, on yeah. on um, iOS and uh, um, uh, Android respectively. But um, yeah, so it it will be interesting to see where where are they going to focus on? Where, where are they going to invest um, now that they have that? Um, bigger income yeah are they trying to grow on mobile are they trying to to grow on consoles um this yeah. this is going to be a very interesting thing to see um but we've yeah. got a question actually that follows up on this one um from dave ramos uh, who sends in a uh, member chat 11 month midweek mix up berserker nice. um, and he says you think microsoft will use some of the revenue to secure more triple a games for game pass i'll let you get that first and then i'll give you my answer because i've already got one Mm-hmm. That is, hmm, that is a is is a good question. I hope so. I hope so. But will they actually do? I'm not sure. I'm I'm really not sure if they are g- going to invest that money to get like AAA third party titles into Game Pass. Um, because Microsoft is now or Xbox is now at this point where they are 
own pipeline will make Game Pass attractive. And it is, we know that for a fact that especially AAA games, to bring them day and date into Game Pass is an expensive thing to do. Yeah. So the, the question for Microsoft really is what will lure people in? Obviously, if there are big, big games like, I don't know, Suicide Squad or even a, a GTA or whatnot um, comes day one to Game Pass, that will drive subscriptions up. But is it enough to to keep them subscribed to have um, spent millions and millions of, uh, on dollars upon that especially when they know they their own pipeline is so attractive for game pass yeah um, we've heard it now multiple times uh, that they are at this point where we have this pipeline that that we can expect a, a meaningful bigger game uh, every quarter we already know about Hellblade and about next year. Two others have to yet to be revealed because I don't think that Towerborn or uh, even a flight sim is going to be considered uh, as such. Yeah, uh, and definitely not Ara History Untold, uh, 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 Untold, which is only going to come out on on PC. So they will have two others ready for next year. And when you look at that, sprinkle in the the smaller releases, your, your Tower Bonds and such. Um, I don't think that it is going to be seen as a lucrative investment in 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 Game Pass uh, uh, to to spend uh, tens of millions of dollars to get third party games uh, in there day one. Um, but that's just my guess. Uh, what about you, man? Yeah. So for me, um, for me, I I'm pretty much on the same track as you. I think. Um, apart from a, a few outliers, if there's big games to be had, they'll get them for, for Game Pass. But I think because they've 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 intentionally positioned themselves into a place now where they've got enough studios, they've got giant publishers, they've got enough there as their own first party now to fill Game Pass tenfold with games um, and significant games, both back catalogue and so on and so forth. I think outside of first party, which will be the main focus of dropping games in their day and date, like your Call of Duties and so on and so forth. Um, outside of that, I think the, the the focus then will be on the occasional AAA, um, indie, um, mm. AAA third yeah. party. Maybe the Final Fantasy when that drops on Xbox. Maybe, like you say, GTA if they want to spend the money on that. Um, those those occasional ones, your, your MLBs and things will continue, I think. Because they're popular, mm, yeah. um, but but I don't see I don't see them having or needing to really go out and just get any old AAA game on the service now because of the pipeline that they have. I still and feel I like we will see older AAA games. Yeah, I mean older yeah. like six to twelve months or so. I, I yeah. still yeah. think we will see that because I I do but think less day and date. Yeah, like yeah. not not day and date. Um, and because, I think that's because now you have to think as well, as you mentioned with the money aspect, they've invested so much in acquiring a huge first-party pipeline of studios to the point where they don't have to spend as much anymore on getting more content because they go, right, okay, we should have, on paper, with everything we know is being worked on by our own internal studios now, which is more than 40 
AAA studios, mm. right? Yeah. Massive pipeline of games. Each one of those studios has more than one project. Like we know Undead Labs is currently just state of the cave, but there's a good chance that they've got something else that's in the initial and early stages being talked about and designed. And so as every studio does, they always have something there. We know the likes of Ninja Theory have two or three. We know Hellblade, we know yeah. Project Mora, and there was another little one. We know the Coalition has their next game plus another little project. We know 343 is bound to be doing something else. We know like every every studio has something. Machine Games has two games. We know um, Obsidian has three games. <laughs> like It, it yeah. goes on and on and on. So the pipeline of first party should theoretically if everything is hitting in cadence, be more than enough for a large service like that to run without needing to invest too mm. much in third-party stuff. Like when we say, as you mentioned, you still need some of those tasty nuggets from third parties that will entice other people in. Call of Duty is a big one because when you mention Call of Duty to people who don't know that Microsoft own them now, and you say, this will probably be one of the last years you'll have to buy a Call of Duty if you own Xbox, they go, what do you mean? Like, well, they own Activision now, so the chances yeah. are either next year or the following year, it'll be in Game Pass on day one, True. so you won't have to buy the game. And they go, whoa, really? Because yeah. a lot of people don't actually know. Like, and unless yeah. they watch BBC We'll get to that in a second, news, man, yeah. about people not yeah. knowing about Xbox. But um, uh, we have breaking news, actually, on that. Sithal uh, yes. posted it in the chat uh, about... Um, Black Ops, uh, Call of Duty uh, next year. Um, Jess Corden just broke that on Winter Central. Call of Duty 24 is indeed Black Ops um, and it's apparently set in the Gulf War in the early 90s. Um, it is, yes. So, yeah, it will be super interesting to see if they will already be able to put Call of Duty Day and Date in Game Pass next year. Because we hear different things. Yeah. Obviously, we know that the contract with Sony is still running through 24. Um, but then you never know what kind of deal they made when they finally uh, offered um, it to PlayStation again to keep it for at least 10 years on, on the console. And maybe, maybe it's uh, there was something attached to that. Um so it, and judging by it as well, it isn't a remake of Black Ops. It is a new entry in the Black Ops series. So it's a new Black Ops. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. Let, let's see if it'll be better received than this year's. Uh, I haven't played this year, so I yeah. can't really talk upon it. But yeah, we hear different things. But it apparently also broke records. Um Heist, uh, yeah, well, apparently, and again, I think this is a single player has had massive mixed reviews. Yeah. To the to the Call of Duty community, the multiplayer, however, is the best thing, and I've seen it on multiple occasions, the multiplayer aspect of it, outside of the fact that they've just reworked old maps, the gunplay and the, the way the feel and everything like that is the best that out of the series in the last four years or the four mm. iterations. So it's yeah. returning to its to its good strides on the multiplayer aspect. Um, so we're just going to hope that the, the single-player campaign is great in, in Black Ops. And again, that's what it was known for, Black Ops, more so the single-player campaign than it was the, yeah. the the multiplayer. Remember Black Ops, was it two or three that didn't have a campaign? 
Um, yeah, uh, three, I think. I think about three, think right? Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, interesting stuff here, man. Yeah, but let, let us move over a little bit to, um, uh, to some news on... On, because you mentioned it earlier, yeah, uh, people have to know about that stuff. Uh, uh, yes. Console uh, sale numbers. Uh, we usually don't talk much about them because, well, who gives a shit? But sometimes yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just what it is. But uh, sometimes yeah. you do give a shit. Um Especially when it strikes up an interesting conversations, because there has been a report by uh, GamesIndustry.biz um, about the recent console sales and, of course, some uh, game sales like that Assassin's Creed uh, across Europe was uh, number one selling, number two was Spider-Man 2, and so on. Interesting stuff there, but actually, let's talk about uh, console sales um, in Europe. Uh, not including for some reason UK and Germany, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the rest of, of uh, our continent here was uh, almost the rest uh, was included. Um, so yeah, PS5 console sales went up 143% year on year basis. Um, they also mentioned that, yeah, it helped that the availability was higher over the last year uh, and especially in the last months than when you compare it to to last year's um october and november uh, uh october sorry uh not november uh and then switch sales were down 20 percent year over year which isn't too surprising i mean they're nearing the end of their generation and they've sell sold gangbuster numbers uh and then uh, the interesting part here is uh, Xbox Series X and S is down minus 52% here in Europe. Yep. Um, yep. Which sets them on the track to being outsold at a ratio of almost 7 to 1, apparently, um, compared to PlayStation. And that, uh, you could argue 2022, they didn't have a good year, but this year was especially the second half of the year, was really uh, outstanding for Microsoft and Xbox. Uh, they yeah. had Starfield, they had Forza, they had other great releases in Game Pass, um, but still, uh, they weren't able to sell the consoles across Europe. And it, I've seen so many, many different opinions and views on, on the socials. Um, so we... Definitely want to discuss this here today uh, with you, Dutch, and of course our community. Because let us know in the chat what do you think is the reason that um, that Microsoft really struggled uh, in the console market here uh, across Europe. Um, I have so many thoughts on this, uh, Dutch. So, what, what do you where do you stand uh, with this? Uh, easy. They just do not market the consoles. Yeah. The vast majority of Europe don't really know that the Xbox exists. Um, and they don't care. It's not, a des it's, a, it, they still don't make it as a desirable brand. Yeah. You can have as many things in Game Pass as you want, but if nobody knows about it, then what's the point? <laughs> like, 
you, you have to shout it from the rooftops. You have to make that brand really desirable. And they just don't do that. Like, if you, as much as we hate the likes of Apple and we and and so on and so forth, the one thing Apple and Sony do well is make that brand look desirable. To make it yeah. look like it's something you need. Xbox don't make Xbox look like something somebody needs or wants in their home. They're just like on Xbox. Here's Game Pass. You're like, but what what is a Game Pass and what is an Xbox? Like, what do these things do and what can I play on it? They don't tell you what you can play on it. They just show you like a like a quick snippet of flight sim and a gears and a halo, but you don't see really anything about it. They mm. don't have these big. We've mentioned it before. They don't have these big cinematic trailers for the for the games that make it that appeal to the casuals because essentially marketing isn't for the hardcore because the hardcore know what is happening at all points yeah. for every console. You're not marketing to the to the hardcore. You don't need to. The hardcore will market for themselves, or they'll market between each other. You need yeah. to, you need to market your console to the casuals. You need to market to the mothers, the fathers, the kids. You need to market to the to the TikTok communities. You need to market to the to the grandparents and the parents. You need to market that. You need to market to somebody that doesn't usually pick up consoles. You need to essentially be like make it look fancy. You need to make it dumb it down. And tell them what they'll be playing. Show them what the console is. They don't do any of that. Like they just they market it as if they're marketing it to me or Boxy. They're like, this is an Xbox, and here's some Game Pass, and you get this for three months. And we're like, cool, Game Pass three months. This is the price. That's a good deal. Nobody knows what those things are outside of us, and unless we tell people. Oh, by the way, Game Pass has technically over the can't say more than a hundred because every every section is different asia europe so on so you technically in in the uk for instance have over 300 or 500 games on the service that you play at no additional cost and this is the price every month and you can also if you pay that price play it on pc if you've got a good enough pc mobile via the cloud or on console and you can play them interlinked and like look at all of these games that you can play on it like yeah. unless we go out and tell people this ourselves, nobody knows. They just don't market it. Like when, like if it wasn't for the fact that Activision knew how to market themselves for Call of Duty yeah. everywhere, like Microsoft wouldn't be able to market that yeah. thing properly. So I think, I think we'll just leave them to it. It's the same with Activision Blizzard. Like just uh, sorry, not Activision Blizzard with Bethesda. They they can market their own games. They're capable of it. They know how to generate that stuff. So leave them to it. What Xbox need to do is take a leaf out of Activision and Bethesda's books on how to market. Yeah. How do we? How do we? Are we going to increase yeah. the marketing for this? And how, as a collective, are we going to make sure that people know what Xbox is, not only as a brand but as a console? And again, we know that their focus isn't solely on console now. We know this. They've said it. That, that's exactly. It, it many times. That is. But that is so true. That is where it's. That is where it started. So they still have to, they still have to, because ultimately, if you're saying, like, if anyone says Apple, ultimately, one thing that they, they say straight away is, and if you mention Apple, it's either MacBook or iPhone, MacBook or iPhone, and everyone knows what a MacBook and an iPhone is. They know that. If you mention computer, the vast majority of casuals will go, oh, I've got a MacBook. They don't know what kind of MacBook, they just know they have a MacBook. Yeah. <laughs> Same for the phone. They'll all know what the phone is because every one of them is like, oh, I want the new 15 Pro or the 15 Plus. 
or so on so forth like they'll know those because it's drilled into them by everybody else because it's it's attractive it's an attractive brand microsoft doesn't have that like yeah. but microsoft has never been an attractive brand <laughs> so they don't know how to be they don't they need to try and take some techniques i don't know whether or not we need to get marketing consultants in from apple and from all of these fancy places they need to invest in marketing guys that are really good at making the mundane look great mm. that's what they need to do yeah uh, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head with the marketing um I've seen I see a lot of people here in the chat. I've seen the same similar argumentation on on the socials, on, especially on Twitter, and um, that is that Xbox doesn't need the console anymore. And while that is true to a certain degree, um, Xbox is more than just a console; it's an ecosystem. You can play all the Xbox games on PC um, yeah. and cloud, and and so on. I still think that the console market itself is super important because for multiple reasons. Um, the first is cloud is irrelevant. It, it completely is. Um, cloud is something that the hardcores do use, some of them. We've learned about this during the ABK trial in the UK. Yeah, less than 5,000 people in the UK play cloud. That's why they were so quick in selling off the streaming rights to Ubisoft um, when the whole thing went down with the CMA. But because it is an irrelevant market, there might be a yeah. few hardcore fans that already own Xbox consoles or and or PC and everything. And, uh, oh, I get through Game Pass that and I can also play my game on the phone uh, or tablet or whatnot. Um, but it is really isn't a market and an option for for the audience uh, that you want to actually target. Not right now. And it, I don't think it will be for a long time, honestly. Um, and then there's PC, which is the other big thing where you can play Xbox and why you don't need an Xbox console. Then the thing is, um, yes, they have been growing on P PC a little bit. You could argue over the last year, definitely bigger than on console because they have already saturated the Game Pass subscriptions on the small installed base of consoles that they have. Yeah, um, So, of course, the growth potential on PC is stronger. But then PC is really owned by Steam. PC gaming is Steam. And yeah, they bring their games to Steam. Yeah, you can play a Starfield on Steam and and whatnot, but not with with the subscription service. Yeah. Yeah. Um Game Pass isn't on Steam. So um the 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 importance uh in in brand awareness uh is is just not there, at least not here in Europe. Um, and I still believe it's an important thing because the console market is definitely outside of PC, the core gaming market. This is where, when you want to play video games, you get a PlayStation or an Xbox. Yeah, that's, that's just what it is and what it comes down to. And especially with all 
the success that Apple has because you can't play games on on a MacBook. You just can't. Yeah. Um, so it's either you get a Windows PC or you get a console, and and there are so many reasons to get a console. And you can tell the competitors are still very successful. Yeah. The Switch sold what 120, 130 million units somewhere in that ballpark. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then uh, the, there is of, of course a PlayStation. They had a super successful, more than hundred and was it hundred and ten million or what they sold on the PS4, hundred and twenty million somewhere in that ballpark. There is a big market for consoles. And obviously, Microsoft doesn't see it that way. Obviously, we have seen it. They have shifted away their focus from the console market um, onto the unified ecosystem, which I still love. I love going back and forth in between console and PC. And now, of course, with my Rock Ally, which is a portable PC, you know, um, which is great for me. But to grow, to gain new customers, um, I still feel you cannot uh, or should not abandon the the console market, and that is what they do at least here in Europe. They, it's what what I hear from a lot of our friends in the community that come from the US that they that is similar in in the US in the terms of yeah, it's you can feel it's not their focus anymore. They still provide a great service on the console and don't get me wrong the console is still great but you can tell they moved over here in europe they don't give a two cents about the console market they really don't they left the field to playstation and nintendo without even trying they, it's it, for them it is so irrelevant um across europe um like you said, brand awareness is basically zero. I I told that story before um, here on this podcast that I still have a lot of friends and a lot of colleagues at work that don't that do play video games but don't know what an Xbox is. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they are not the hardcores, but they do do have a PlayStation or they play the Fifas and they play the Call of Duties and so those casual gamers, you know. And they don't know what an Xbox is. It's yeah. there is zero advertisement. Ne there never has been here um, in in Germany, and I know it's the same in the Netherlands and in France and in Spain. And um, there have has been, I feel, a little bit more in the UK because they can simply use uh, the same advertisements that they ha already have produced for for the. US uh, in the UK because of the language but outside of that they don't give two shits it's really um that nobody knows what an Xbox is and nothing will change in that regard I don't see them even trying to change that um now you yeah. can tell does it matter they have they have ABK now and they will sell the money uh, their their games and make we just talked about that record breaking revenues yeah um so yeah but th what does that mean for the console the console gaming space is the one that i love um i do play on pc obviously but i prefer the console market so looking at that it it really 
it really baffles me how you can leave the field to the competition like that without even trying. We've heard the, the things, you know, we are not in the space to out-console Sony. Yeah, we've heard that. Um, do I feel that this is a good strategy? I don't. I really don't. Because look at this year. This year we had so many discussions yeah, um, about um, s certain third-party uh, developers and publishers either ignoring the platform at all, yeah, um, yeah. or simply not focusing on it. Um, and for me, the console, the Xbox console, is my place to play, where I play the most games. I buy all my third parties on on Xbox, uh, on the console. I, I play, obviously, the exclusives there. I do enjoy my PlayStation for their exclusives, but it's an exclusive machine. I do like that uh, the Xbox uh, ecosystem to play my third parties in on console, and for them to simply ignore that market, it wonder. I wonder where will we be in like five to ten years? Yeah, will they have completely shifted over their focus to PC and mobile? Yeah, is that going to happen? Because it most certainly feels like that here in Europe. Um, it, it, I know this is sometimes hard to believe uh, how irrelevant uh, they are uh, for for uh, our friends from the US, because even Sony outsold them there in this gen again. Uh, it's still not that you could argue it's an irrelevant brand, but it really is across Europe. And yeah. I just don't understand why. Because um, we've also seen that a lot of people that shifted over from Xbox console to PC and PC Game Pass, yeah, are those console gamers, yeah, leaving making this space even smaller. And they are definitely not generating like new customers. And nothing will help. Call of Duty in Game Pass won't help anything. It will won't change anything across Europe. Yeah, not talking about the US, but across Europe, because no one knows what a Game Pass is. Yeah, yep. they just see that we have stores with huge shelves full of Nintendo stuff, full of PlayStation stuff, and nothing—not even an empty shelf for Xbox somewhere in the back of the store. Like major outlets, it's ir irrelevant. Nobody knows that it's just gonna buy Call of Duty again for PlayStation. Who gives a damn? Who owns it? And you could see that Microsoft looks at it the same way. Obviously, they do look at it the same way, they, as long as they make the money. Yeah. But is that what I want? Because, yeah, I want the console, the Xbox console, to be a strong competitor on the market. Um, but, yeah, it's really, I don't understand it. And I do feel that console gamers will see the, the this outcome and and maybe some problems problems uh, with with this in a couple of years because as soon yeah. as Xbox and Microsoft realizes hey we are not growing we are investing billions of dollars in developing a new console and we are de investing this and that much money 
and we are barely making the money back, but we grow on mobile, we grow on PC, and we make the money from selling our stuff on Steam and 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 stuff like that. You know, I don't know how important um, this that the console will become. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen over the next one, two, three years as long as we have this gen. But as soon as we go into the next gen, I still hope that the console business is still a focus topic for them. Um, but yeah, lo losing like that in in the second biggest gaming market in the world, which is Europe, yeah, um, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good for the Xbox division, yeah. Um, but yeah, anything you want to add there, man? No, I think we've covered it. I think we've covered it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think they just need. To, I think they re, need to recenter and refocus. To be honest, and, and not forget the core crowd. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Um, let us talk about or use this as a segue um, into our ne next uh, big topic which yeah. actually just shows you how important it would be to have Microsoft or Xbox as a Sony or as a strong competitor um, in, in Europe. Because, well, you have to bear with me here a little bit because I want to get this right. Um, Sony is set... Uh, to face a class action lawsuit over PlayStation Store prices. Um, it's a 5 billion uh, pound, um, which is 7.9 billion US dollars. Yeah. Um, because, um, well, they kind of ripped off uh, consumers. I, I want to read from an article that I found on Video Games Chronicles on that. Um, this lawsuit was actually filed in 2022 by the consumer rights campaigner Alex Neal um, on behalf of 8.9 million PlayStation customers in the UK. Uh, it alleges that Sony abuses its dominant position in the market by charging excessive PlayStation Store prices. Japanese company uses its near monopoly on the sale of digital games and add-on content for PlayStation consoles to enforce strict terms and conditions on game developers and publishers. According to the suit, these terms enable the company to di dictate the price of digital content and charge a 30% commission on every purchase, which results <coughs> in excessive and unfair prices to consumers that are out of all proportion to the costs of Sony providing these services to its customer. Sony had sought to squash the suit, uh, arguing that the case was flawed uh, from start to finish, but uh, this Tuesday, the UK's um, CMA <laughs> tribunal yeah, um, yeah. Uh, actually granted a class representative, Neil, uh, the approval to go to trial with the claim against Sony. They said uh, this is the first step in ensuring consumers get back what they, have, they are owed as a result of uh, Sony breaking the law. 
PlayStation gamers loyalty has been taken advantage of by Sony who have been charging them excessive prices for years. It is significant that the competition court has recognized Sony must ex and Sony must explain its actions by ordering them to trial. With this action, we are seeking to put a stop to this unlawful conduct and ensure customers are compensated. So, yeah. Just telling you competition is key. Something like that wouldn't be able to happen if they had a strong competitor. Now granted, this is not just a thing that Sony does in Europe. Yeah. But looking at the global market, not just the US, but really the entire global market, yeah. Um yeah. you could argue, yeah, seeing Microsoft being outsold three to one, um, four to one here in Europe, seven to one. Um, it, you could argue that they have kind of this uh, position. I know nobody looks at Nintendo when they talk about that, because if you put Nintendo in this equation, um, it's definitely not a monopoly. But in terms of like core gaming consoles, which the Switch simply isn't, You know what I mean? Not taking away from the Switch. I love yeah. the Switch, but it is it's kind of their own bubble because most It's a companion console. Yeah, most most big AAA games don't come to the console simply because of for power reasons obviously. Um they have occasionally the AAA like Hogwarts just released uh 10 yeah. months after it came out on the console. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you want to have the, the, the what we consider the core gaming markets, not the Marios, not the Zeldas, but um, the, the, the others, uh, your Cheddar Survivors, your Baldur Gates, uh, and yeah. so on, you kind of Resident Evil, and so on. If you want to play those kind of games, you have to do that either on PC or if you want to play on console, you have the two options, Xbox and, and PlayStation. So... Yeah, this is a strong accusation, man. How do you feel? Um, is this based on something? Are they onto something that Sony is charging their customers excessive prices, like it's claimed in the in the lawsuit? Um, how do you yes. feel about that? <clears throat> yes, um, but I think the only reason it's getting brought up is because, as they mentioned, the dominant position on the console market. Um, It would be. It could be the said the same for for Xbox. I mean, we've said it multiple times. Actually, we've said it multiple times. The conversion doesn't add up for for yeah. a, a, a Xbox gamer or a PlayStation gamer in the US. Seventy dollars is not seventy pounds. Seventy pounds. If we were to convert that correctly from seventy pounds into seventy dollars. Bearing in mind, you don't add the tax on on the PlayStation Store. That yeah. is as is. So when you're paying $70, it's $70. You don't then add the tax on in the US. You're just paying $70. That's advertised. In the UK, it's £70. Now, if you were to convert that into dollars, it's closer to $90 for a game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a significant disparity, which means the actual conversion, there's, there's one aspect of it, the actual conversion of a $70 game would be closer to 50-something pounds um, or 50-something euros yeah. each. So the conversion isn't right, first of all. Secondary, 
a number of years back, PlayStation decided to remove all digital um, download cards from every store, um, and you can no longer buy digital cards or digital codes for games outside of PlayStation. So the only what even on CD keys, if you have a look now, the only games available on there are ones that came in bundle consoles, so consoles that came with digital codes. So you've got Spider-Man, you've got God of War, and you've got, I think, one other that's available on CD keys for mm. a digital code for PlayStation. And that's only because they were parts of bundles with consoles. If it, if they hadn't released those digital codes for those game for those consoles, there wouldn't be codes available at all on the internet for those games because PlayStation hate. And right now, they've just stopped sending digital codes for games to retailers. You can go to the vast majority of game retailers as it stands and if you want to get a digital code for an xbox game if, if you can find the shop that sells xbox in the first place um you're able to to go out and buy a digital code for an xbox game or you can look online um, on any storefront and there's digital codes for any xbox game available so the the market is open if another retailer wants to sell the code cheaper elsewhere which is what we use cd keys for and other similar stores then you can find a cheaper digital code elsewhere and not just on Xbox. But right now, everyone's henpecked into using the PlayStation Store if they want to just have a digital collection or buy their games digitally, which means that the vast majority of the time, for the for at least one year, if not longer, that price is remaining at the $70 or £70 price. Um, in some cases, I've noticed the game doesn't drop um, below 65, if not 70, yeah. for two, three years after it's released. Um, and even then, they kind of refuse or or just don't like putting that game in a sale or want to. If that game is successful, then they definitely won't reduce the price. And I've noticed this several times. The likes of The Last of Us on the store, I picked up for £8, Last of Us 2, picked up for £8 physical, um, but on store even now, Last of Us 2 is almost full price. Mm. Like, there's very, very, very rarely a sale on, on, and if at all, a sale on first-party games from PlayStation. Yeah, It's a bit like the Nintendo thing. Nintendo, yeah. But the, the thing with Nintendo is that they, they don't price at $70. The vast majority of their games, like, you're barely touching 60 A lot of them are 55 or 45 so it's kind of, a, although they kind of always keep them at that price, so you can never really get a discount up from Nintendo either, the difference with them is that it isn't 70. Yeah. It's, it, and the price is significant on this case because that's an additional $30 over, an, or 20 or $30 over a Nintendo game. When you're talking about $70, and you're like, I'll wait for a sale. You're like, fat chance of that. There's no, it's not going to be a digital sale on a, on a PlayStation first-party game, especially in the first two years. Yeah unless that game performs poorly if the game performs terribly or the metacritic is terrible then you see it drop in like the likes of days gone or something like that then you'll see them drop into the sales because they're trying to shift units yeah but if a game is successful they are absolutely not putting that on a sale within the first two years yeah. not a chance yeah that's true yeah i mean there there are so many aspects to this law uh, suit where you can uh, look at i feel like Maybe Sony shot themselves in the foot a little bit with um, all the yeah. um, the 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 ABK stuff, yeah, where they 
really went hard on on um, talking against this acquisition, and they had to reveal a lot of their business practices. Uh, I mean, that's when the public yeah. learned a lot about, okay, mm -hmm. parity clause, for instance. Yeah, this parity thing in third-party games. We also learned that uh, basically they Microsoft w w was being forced like to reduce the cut they they provide to to Call of Duty to keep it on even on the platform. Um so these kind of practices really feel anti-consumer and definitely definitely not something that looks to me like okay that's fair business practices. Um that's that's the one aspect because um in the lawsuit they literally uh, said um it's um not not just about uh, the the actual prices but uh where's the the quote there it is um uh, for PlayStation consoles to enforce strict terms and conditions on game developers publishers and publishers and um These are the, just the things we know uh, uh, publicly about. You really uh, can tell that there are probably other things there in there as well. Uh, the, the fact that they money had a lot of third-party uh, stuff is also something. I know everyone does it, but it's different there. They were also the first ones to raise game prices. We talked about that. Um, you just mentioned a very good point about um, them not uh, re having sales, but also the fact uh, that there is no other way to purchase digital games for PlayStation other than the PlayStation Store. No keys available for any other digital distributor. Uh, that's definitely yeah. something. And I said this uh, a few months ago on the podcast. Um that a lot of the things that Sony does this uh, generation feel like, okay, they are trying to squeeze everything out of me as a customer. Um, yeah. If we talk about value for the money, I don't feel that Sony is doing the same job like Microsoft does. When I buy a, uh, an Xbox first party game, I get it on PC as well. I get additional value to that price tag. I get, get play anywhere. I get free cloud saves. I get this stuff. I get, yeah. Um, then there's obviously the argument being made about what does the, the subscription service provide? And it's really yeah. not hard to argue that game pass simply provides the better value for the buck there. Um, And yes, Nintendo is always a little different, um, but they are, again, not that big of a third-party uh, console. Yeah, that's they, they have their closer ecosystem uh, and fan base and everything. And yeah, a lot of the things that uh, Sony did this gen, as good as their first-party release cadence was in the first two or three years now uh, of the console cycle, yeah, uh, providing value to the customer is not their strong suit. It really doesn't feel like uh, that on, on PlayStation. And now seeing yeah. this lawsuit, 
um, I think the, this is culminates just a couple of things. Um, and um, whether this is legally found or based on a proper case, because I've seen a lot of people argue about that. Well, this isn't based on anything. If there wasn't something to this, the CMA wouldn't have allowed it to go to trial. Yeah, that's a clear statement. Okay, at least Sony has to explain them themselves in front of a court. And at the end of the day, I'm I feel uh, like this can only be beneficial for for, for consumers. Um, and that's what I'm always pro upon. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's nothing that Sony does alone. Every whether you talk Xbox or whether you do talk Nintendo, if you want to publish a third-party game on Xbox, Xbox also takes their cut, and it's not the case that this is particularly cheaper for um, most third-party publishers. At least the numbers that we know, it's always somewhere in the ballpark in between twenty to thirty percent. That is the cut. That is basically the console business. It's always been like that. That's where a platform holder makes their money off. Yeah, if you want to publish your game on the platform, uh, the platform holder takes the cut. That's the business model of a console. Yeah. Um, so you could argue in that way. So what's the foundation? What is Sony doing differently? And I think it's this, this whole thing about... Xbox trying to provide extra value additionally through Play Anywhere, through the unified ecosystem, through cloud being available um, for free and so on. Plus the fact that they were the ones that raised the game prices. And now you could argue, okay, two years later, Xbox did the same, but you get still the, the possibility to play all those games for a cheaper entry price point thanks to Game Pass because those games actually yeah. come to Game Pass which you don't on on PlayStation. So it just doesn't f have the same impact on the on the customer. Yeah. Um and yeah, do, what, what do you think man? Is this going to be is 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 there something um legally that you can tech because I definitely feel like things like parity, demanding parity on consoles or not allowing games to come onto other platforms for a certain time or or in other subscription services and so on is something Sony wouldn't be able to do if they wouldn't have the market share of 7 to 1 in Europe, it, they, it, which it wouldn't be. Yeah, if 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 they yeah, were, I agree. I agree. It's it's down it's down to competition. It's because they've already got the foothold where they are. Um, quick shout out to Junk Mail for the ten euro super chat as well. Great show as always. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's because they have such a strong foothold in Europe and in the UK that they're able to do that. Um, and I think, and again, this is for for both platform holders. By the way, when it comes to digital content, price parity needs to be key. And as it stands right now, there isn't price parity between the US and the rest of the world. There yeah. just isn't when it comes to digital content. The US are paying, like I say, $70, which isn't the equivalent of £70. Like, <laughs> reversing that, 70 is almost $90, if not more than $90. Yeah. Um, I quickly Google the difference there. But, yeah, I think it's primarily down. Personally, I think it's primarily down um, to, to to their strong foothold. Um 
spunk foothold in there. So seven, yes, it's eighty-seven dollars. Eighty-seven forty-five is what we pay for a game in comparison. Now, if you're swapping that round and you're doing seventy dollars, it's actually fifty-six pound we should be paying for a game. <laughs> yeah. So the difference is obvious, and it's so there isn't price parity between the different sections. So I can understand the lawsuit in the UK because it is ultimately down to the fact that. As they're saying, on a pricing point, there is no competition when it comes to digital content because they've removed that competition from every physical store and digital store. You can't get any digital games for Sony outside of Sony's PlayStation Store. Yeah, You can't, um, both in a physical manner or in a digital manner. No online store, including Amazon, has PlayStation codes other than um, top-up funds. Um, so... Yeah, there is there there is no competition there. They've and that is Sony's choice. Sony have chosen to not distribute digital codes. Now they might have done that. So and I think and to be honest, they have done that so that other companies and other stores can't get a hold of them and charge less, so that they can make more money on it. Um, and from a consumer standpoint, they absolutely do have a legal right to challenge that and say it's an anti it is anti competitive behaviour. Not providing your your digital codes that you have because they do have them, they just yeah. choose to not distribute them to anybody else. We know that they have them because they distribute them with physical consoles, so they still generate codes. They send out f- digital codes to content creators and uh, press, so we know that they get keys and digital codes for press. What they don't do is send out those digital codes, well, to to retailers. Either online stores or physical stores. So, um, yeah, it is it is anti-competitive behavior, um, and it's anti it's anti-consumer behavior as well because the consumer is not getting the best price that's available because Sony are henpecking the the market into an avenue that is only beneficial for them and not the consumer. So, from a from a a standpoint of law, they absolutely have a chance. Yeah, it's a strange one to say, but. When it's considering this guy's taking enough on behalf of the entirety of the consumer base in the PlayStation consumer base in the UK, it has a very good chance. Has a very yeah. good chance, and no doubt he's he's probably raised a petition or something similar um, to target a vast majority of those PlayStation consumers in the UK in order to get actual physical numbers to take to court as a legal battle. Mm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have in the first place. Yeah, that's that's so true. So yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see how this will turn out. Um, and if I don't think uh, they will be able to achieve like real cheaper prices, but I do hope that we remove some of the weird stuff out of the contracts. Again, like prohibiting that games come to Game Pass or uh, that we have uh, parity, uh, technical parity in, in between the the consoles and so on. I do hope that at least we will, uh, they will achieve that because it really annoys the hell out of me. Um, yeah. Well, I think ultimately, I don't think it's going to end up with the, the billions of pounds. I think ultimately yeah, what they'll end up doing is potentially looking at reworking the way that they distribute digital codes again and potentially end up, which would be a win, end up selecting select retailers, trusted retailers to start distributing digital codes again. That is, would breed competition again and I'd, and 
I think the courts ultimately, the CMA or regulators ultimately would say you do not have a choice as to to realistically how much these retailers set as the price for these codes. If they want to charge 70, then they'll charge 70. If they, however, choose to charge 60 or 65 for these codes, then they can do so. That isn't on you. Like your margins might still be the same, or the court might say you have to reduce your margins for physical codes or retailers in order for them to be able to sell these products to consumers at a more consumer-friendly um, price. Um, but I think that will be the avenue to go down. It will be around the the amending the competition aspect of it as opposed to the fine. I don't think the fine will be successful, but I think altering the behaviour of the company potentially could be successful. Agree? Agree. So, yeah, let's let's hope that something positive for consumers comes out of this. Um, at least it is good to see that there's some attention on the fact that Sony has a very strong position in the in the console market, and that it needs to be looked upon. I think that that is the true good thing that comes out of this um, and we hope that something beneficial for, for us consumers comes out so but yeah man let us move on to to some actual game news man um, something really cool um, well I wouldn't say leaked um, appeared online um, mm -hmm. And that is again through some mentionings of a, of a couple of LinkedIn profiles that uh, Gearbox is actually working on Borderlands 4 and Tiny Tina Wonderlands 2. Um, how do you feel about this? Does this come as a surprise? Um, and, and what do you expect from those games? Ah. Uh. I don't know how I feel about the Borderlands franchise anymore, to be honest. Why? I don't know. Because 3 was three was okay. It was okay. Mm. But it wasn't great. It was super fun. Tiny Tina's, however, was great. It was a good idea. Yeah. It was a nice little freshen up of the franchise. It was a nice little expansion that kind of diverted away from it. Um, but kept what was great about the franchise there as well. So it was a nice little like story add-on, shall we say, where it's like she's having these mad Dungeons and Dragons-esque thing where she's narrating it all, and she's like, and this happened, and then this yeah. happened. And, I, and that was cool. But I think Borderlands, again, Borderlands 3, it's, it's a Marmite game, I think. I remember fondly go Borderlands 2, love Borderlands 2, mm. and love Borderlands 1, but Borderlands 3, I've got it. It didn't catch us. Really didn't. Um, the break might have done them well because it's been a while since Borderlands 3 was out. When did that actually release? It was a couple of years ago now, at mm. least. I, I would, would guess like 2019, so it's four years. Four already. years. Four years already. Feels longer. Feels longer, honestly. It feel longer, yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I do December, really did December enjoy Borderlands. Okay. Yeah, December 19th, 2019. I really did enjoy Borderlands uh, 3. Um, I just feel yeah. like a lot of people hoped for better or <laughs> more endgame uh, yeah. content. And I 
I personally never played Borderlands for the endgame. I played through the story, enjoyed that, and then just moved on. But and if you look at the, it like that, it took me... I would have to look it up, I don't know. But I would guess at least 25 hours or so, 20 to 25 hours, somewhere in that ballpark, to beat the the, the, the campaign, do some side quests yeah. and everything, you know. And, and then... Um, uh, I had a blast for for twenty five hours. Yeah, um, the the shooting felt good. Um, some of the the story characters were not a, as hilarious as in the first two. I, I gotta give it that. But other than that, I do really do enjoy the Borderlands series. It's Diablo as a shooter, just um, very colorful with a special humor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I also really enjoyed Tiny Tina. Was a fun game again, just for the for the story. Never really played the end game um, content there, but uh, that was came as a surprise to me. I didn't expect much from Tiny Tina, and that's why I bought, didn't buy it at launch directly. Yeah. Then there was this empty dry streak over the summer last year in 2022 uh where we had like four or five months of barely anything coming out outside of a few indies so i bought it and i thoroughly enjoyed it um so i was uh, i was actually excited to to see that um otherwise i wouldn't have put it in the topics here today but uh yeah uh tiny tina was was a fun thing and apparently both are getting a sequel now borderlands 4 is in making um, but yeah, I feel like it, it'll be a while till we hear something uh, from either of the two. Main Tiny Tina was a 2022 game, so no way that we will hear or see anything of, of Tiny Tina 2 no. in the next two or Not three years. Um, <clears throat> yeah. they, hopefully, hopefully anyway. <laughs> if if it's any quicker than that, then, I, then I'd fear for it. <laughs> I mean, it's... You know, I've seen a lot of people online. Oh no, I've seen a few people online um, speculating. I mean, that's what always happens, right in front of a bigger showcase. And with the Game Awards, yeah. really not being about the awards, but about announcements and trailers. Uh, obviously, every yeah. tiny bit you see um, in terms of, of game announcements or rumors or leaks. Um, automatically leads to speculation. Will it be at the Game Awards? Um, yeah. Not sure. I mean, would make sense, obviously, to announce Borderlands 4. It's a big, big stage. It's a third-party platform um, game, uh, multi-platform game. And, and and obviously, the, the Game Awards are not just viewed like the Xbox showcase or the Sony showcase or so by a particular fan base, but by a wider audience. So... Who knows, man? Who knows? Other news uh, that made quite some speculations on games is Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, the the release date seemingly leaked in Europe, uh, which apparently sets the release date for March 2022. And Capcom is actually planning to hold a product showcase for the game next week. Yeah. So Dragon's Dogma coming out end of March. Um, at least that's what it looks like. Um, 
and yeah, next week we will get something. Not during the Game of Awards, obviously, if that turns out to be true. Doesn't mean that it won't be there in any way, shape or form in terms of the trailer or something. Uh, but we will get more updates there. How you feel about Dra Dragon's Dogma? Are you excited, man? I've got to be honest, Foxy. Never played it. You never played Dragon's Dogma? Never oh, played man, it. That would that is that is so your game. <laughs> no, really, I mean it. It's... It, uh, I know a little bit of your taste by now. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, you don't like when you have to walk in games. That's what you told me about Baldur's <laughs> Gate. Um, I just don't like. I just don't like rolling dice, uh, turn-based games. I just, I just don't get them. Yeah, me. but you didn't talk about against like that. Games. You you said don't like you don't games. like that you have to walk in turn-based combat. In the combat segment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the selecting your position, like, okay, this guy needs to go over here and then select your attack. And then this guy needs to go over here. Oh, but by the way, your range isn't long enough to do this. Like, no, 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 no. Boring. <laughs> no, I want to just go in and fight. Just let me go in and fight. Um, or if it's turn-based like a, like, a, like a Final Fantasy, then it's an act of time battle, like the old Final Fantasy's act of time battle, so you each get to take your turn. That's turn-based combat for me. I don't like. I just don't like the Baldur's Gate XCOM way of doing mm. things, where you have to move and then select your, your area. Like I kind of got away from with it a little bit in Gears Tactics, but even then, I wasn't like the biggest fan of it. Um, but yeah, outside of that, Dragon's Dogma, explain to me why I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, I have to apologize. Uh, Spider-Man in the chat uh, pointed out to me I misspoke. I meant March 22nd, 2024, and apparently it said 2022. Um, oh, we're going back in time now. Oh, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I know. They, they are not that good, you know. <laughs> Just made the, make some time travel in there. But yeah, no. Um, Dragon Stock, my man, it is just a... You know, you, you like Skyrim, right? Yeah. Yeah, you like games like The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah. And you like JRPGs, right? Yeah. So... This is it's just a great mixture of all of those. It is like, it feels like a Western RPG, but you can really tell the uh, the the Japanese influence uh, in there. Um, it, it has a fantastic RPG system. It is a, um, it it feels like something unique. You know, uh, it's not just your average standard. Um, high fantasy RPG. It it feels and plays as something very unique. And um, everything we have seen from Dragon's Dogma 2 is that they are going to take it to the next level. Um, the combat looks really good. Uh, the the worlds look vastly improved. Um, it I really cannot wait for for Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, I have the feeling that this is going to be something really special again, um, because the few things we have seen so far look like they kept that essence that made the first one feel so 
unique in the RPG space with this combination of Western and JRPG mechanics, you know? And yeah, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm almost certain you would really enjoy Dragon's Dogma. Um, so go play it, man. Don't, don't sleep. It's on sale. It's on the Black Friday sale. Uh, is this? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I think one of the Dragon's Dogma dogmas is—is is it not on PS Plus this month? I don't know. I think one of them might be. I might be wrong. I, might I be have unsubscribed one, from PS Plus, be. so I have no idea what's on there actually. Oh, I, I still use the extra one. That's the only one I, I, I will I'll never get premium, and the in the base one's terrible. So listen, I had I had for a year. Um, yeah. And I barely used it because when I play on PlayStation, it's usually for yeah. the exclusives. None of yeah. them have any multiplayer elements. I uh-huh. just don't need it. Then I thought, okay, I actually subscribed when Stray came out. You know, I thought like, oh, cool. That was the first PS Plus game that came day and date, and I really wanted to play that. And I thought, okay, I can just subscribe. And then uh, I actually upgraded my existing PS uh, Plus thing um, to the mid tier for 30 bucks. Otherwise, I would have bought Stray for 30 bucks. So I thought, okay, good deal. Um, And then I realized like every game that they basically have in there or bring in there is also available on Game Pass. And I already have Game Pass, so no need to pay double, man. Um, There isn't really much in there that um, makes it stand out. The the first parties are not in there, and the third parties that are in there, don't get me wrong, I feel like still, if you are a PlayStation-only gamer, you get a good value out of this. Is it the same yeah. value that you get out of Game Pass? Absolutely not. But you, there are some really good games in there, but those games are also on Game Pass. So I, I really didn't see the point. In yeah, it's either that or people that are going to PlayStation for the first time from Xbox. It's worth getting it because you still have games like Horizon, yes, Duo, Dawn. Yes, exactly. Um, I think Forbidden West might be in there now. I don't, I don't think yet, um, but it, it'll be there eventually, two Spider-Man years or so. Miles Morales are in there. Yeah, um, Demon Souls is in there. Demon Souls. Death Stranding. Yeah, Death but Strand, only the, the remake. Uh, it's not the, the latest. No, Rift Apart's in there as well, I think. Or Rift Apart in is in there? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But see, I, I bought those games when they ca- come out, came out. So Yeah. But yeah, for those for those unlike us, which again, me and Boxy buy only PlayStation games on PlayStation. So we, the only time we get on there is to buy these games and play them, like Final Fantasy sixteen or um, like the a new a new Last of Us, not the remake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fun um, fact: or, there are now yeah. more Last of Us remasters and remakes out there than actual game uh, uh, Last of Us games. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, um, but yeah. So for us, of course, it, it makes little sense for me. I've got a couple of games on there that I that I've got on other things. Um, so I've got Death Stranding on PC, but the Ultimate Edition's on on PlayStation. So I'll play it on there as well. It's a lot easier sometimes playing it on the on the console than it is mm. on PC. Um, 
or at least it's a lot more, at least I get trophies on the console, which is ultimately what you want to, yeah. what I want to get out of some of these things sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Miles Morales I didn't buy, but Miles Morales is there. Rift Apart I got on PC, but it's on PS Plus, so at least I get to play it there as well. So there's a few, Medieval, for instance, like the indie game, that the kind of indie remake um, that was on there, so I got to play that. So there's a few things on there that's cool. Um, of course, you are forced to have PlayStation Plus to, to have cloud saves, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But there are a few cool things, and, and occasionally they get some great things into the um, free games every month as well. Still, so you can download them, add them to your library, and then play them again at a later date. Yeah, um, or at least have a collection of them. So there's a few things for me that's oh, that's good and okay. But ultimately, like Boxy said, if you're a PlayStation only gamer and you buy all of the PlayStation games anyway, the exclusives, there's not much really there for you. If you're coming to PlayStation for the first time, I still recommend getting PS Plus Extra because there's a, there's a huge catalogue of games that you can catch up on. Um, God of War 2018 and Ghost yeah. and all of them things. There's a lot of cool games. So, but ultimately, yeah, I agree with Boxy. For some, for people like us, um, who buy everything anyway, or the vast majority of PlayStation games that they're really interested in, there's not much reason to have PS Plus. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so hence I unsubscribed there. Um, yeah, just wasn't wasn't using it. Um, doesn't mean it, it's not a good service again. Uh, but we talked about it. it meant, by the way, talking about good or you know getting uh, something for your money, a lot of Black Friday deals are out there. Um, I actually thought. Well, since we don't have uh, that many topics, um, we're already two hours into the show, so we're not going to do it. I thought we might quickly browse through the list um, of the b biggest Black Friday sales and, and talk about some recommendations. But uh, briefly, let, let me know. Did you get anything? Um, seen any good deals out there that you, that you could or would recommend? Yeah, Final Fantasy 16 is down at 38 yeah. Pounds currently, um, and I, as it stands, euros actually, forty-six euros for you, mm. yeah, thirty-eight pounds for the Brits, um, and I think something like forty dollars or something for the for the US. Um, as it stands, having played it, it's absolutely worth its price. Yeah. Um, it would it, actually, it would up. be worth it full price. Honestly, I'm yeah. thoroughly enjoying the game. Uh, I actually switched the gameplay, by the way, um, to some Final Fantasy now uh, here. Yeah. Yeah. Phantom Sir says Street Fighter 6 is £25 on Amazon currently. Oh, that's a good deal. Which that's is really a good. Deal. Pretty, pretty the new best, one. The best deals, I would say, at the moment are the cost of the consoles. Both PlayStation yes. and Xbox have had significant reductions. Yeah. Um, as it stands, I think the Series S is something like 195 Yeah. Um, and the Series X is something like 330 I've I've Which seen deals here in Germany Series S for 169 euros, which is like <laughs> we are we are here really in the territory of impulse buy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get a current gen console at that price point, uh, no reason not to get it. Honestly, yeah. I actually upgraded my relative same for relative same for the PlayStation as well. I've seen that at something like three hundred and sixty or three hundred something ish around that middle mark, mm. three hundred fifty sixty pounds for a PlayStation disc edition. Yeah, um, which is again 
it's it, there is going to be a lot of people, especially around that Black Friday end. Yeah. We know a lot of people wait till the end of Black Friday to wait in case, just in case it comes just a smidge down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So we're going to see a bunch of these consoles sell fortunes. Uh, like, I would be surprised if both Xbox and PlayStation aren't shipping a bunch of units at that point. I agree. I agree. Like you say, the, especially the S, that's impulse buy territory, like less than 200 going into like almost 150 yeah. is insane. Yeah, it is. It really is. Even Series X, honestly, some great bundles I've seen. I've seen the Series X with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 and Diablo 4 at 460, which is yeah. crazy good. A really, really good price. Both of those games are not in Game Pass. You know, it's. I sometimes yeah. feel like if you bundle in a Forza Horizon now, even a Starfield, uh, even, even if you bundle in Starfield now, I don't... Th- think um that's like the same uh, because simply of the availability through game pass but yeah, yeah seeing deals like that uh, really good playstation i've also seen uh bundled with spider-man and um horizon uh at yeah. just below i can't remember if it was 489 or 499 just below 500 which is also really a good Really good price point there. Um, yeah. I've so, got some games on the Xbox store here that are significantly reduced. NBA 2K24 is $34.99, which is yeah. 50% off. Mortal Kombat 1 is reduced to £45, which is 30% off. Assassin's Creed Mirage is 20% off at £35. Yeah. Um, Forza, sorry, the Crew Motorfest is 40% off at uh, £41. Uh, the new Lords of the Fallen uh, is down at forty-one pounds, thirty percent off. That's cool. I mean, Cyberpunk almost all and- Call of Duty games are in there, and uh, same goes, yeah. of course, for Assassin's Creed. I mean, that's in every sale. Um, yeah, I've seen good Dead, good, Island, pro- Dead Island Two Deluxe Edition is thirty-eight pounds. That's forty percent off. Oh, nice! Uh, nice. What else? Uh, Diablo uh, also reduced. Uh, by 40 percent definitely worth it there's star wars jedi survivor in there uh with a good reduction there's there's some good stuff i i would definitely recommend everyone to to take a look and browse through it uh midnight suns is reduced to 19 pounds it's a 70 percent off that's the enhanced edition as well that's a good one that's a good one uh yeah 70 off there's a game I would like to highlight because everyone needs to play that, and that is Greedfall, which is yep. like uh, insanely cheap right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can get that for t- only ten bucks uh, right now, and I highly recommend that. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a lot. You know what I got myself uh, outside of games? Sure. I I got myself a new power bank here for the uh, oh, uh, Asus nice. Rock Ally. You know. Uh, that that thing, because the problem with the ally really is, it won't charge if your uh, power bank or uh, uh, your charger that you're using is not supporting 65 watts. Most USB really? chargers don't support that, and there's rarely a power bank. Standard power banks only are at like 
30, 35 watts, somewhere in that ballpark, because that's quick right. charging for phones, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I upgraded uh, here a, a good uh, anchor power band bank in the Amazon's uh, sale. Uh, there are 140 watts that thing can support. Now I, I can truly play mobile with my ally because the good hour of battery life you get on the alley is like, it's really, it's, I always say it's like a portable console, but it's not really a, like mobile gaming, you know, to just take the console out and, 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 and play somewhere. You always have to bring yeah. a good power bank, but with this one now, I'm I'm good, man. I'm excited. A couple of other game ones, by the way. Um, Callisto Protocol is less than twenty bucks, and that's sixty-five mm. percent off. Speaking of Tiny Tina's Wonderland, Tiny Tina's Wonderland is seventy-five percent off, and it's only mm. fifteen pounds. Fifteen one five. Nice. So the Mass Effect one. Legendary Edition also reduced um, by eighty percent, man. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's Age some of Empires stuff. expansions. Mm. Age of Empires 2 expansions is, is reduced from $34.99 to yeah. £17. So, yeah. uh, Alan Wake, the original Alan Wake, is out oh, less than £5. Oh, nice. <laughs> All the Wolfensteins are in there. Yeah, yeah. All the Assassin's Creeds are in there, um, even including Valhalla. Yeah, um, you can get Valhalla and Mirage as a double package for less than fifty. It's forty-seven. That's Valhalla and and Assassin's Creed Mirage together for forty-seven pounds. Yeah, nice, good stuff here. Okay, let, let us talk about games again. Kotor yes. made some headlines earlier this week. Chef Grub, um. You know he has its sources. Um, you can we can say about him what, what we want, but he has its sources, and he came out and said, "Okay, the Koto remake is definitely dead. Nobody's working on it. It's, it's a dead thing, you know." And then uh, the industry darling uh, Sh Jason Schreier actually came out uh, today. Um, saying that he talked to a couple of developers within Saber Interactive and that it's still being worked on. Um, has been confirmed by two developers within Saber Interactive, uh, to Chase and Schreier, um, who has me blocked, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> wonder why that is. No, he has everyone blocked. The only reason he hasn't blocked me is because I haven't interacted with him. On my I haven't account. either. I, I was. I have never interacted with that guy. Never. Uh, and I even... I haven't checked you know, recently, though, to I be can, fair. I can I honestly say I've never been, like... I had never attacked someone on a, on a personal level or uh, I was rude on, on the social medias. I'm a nice guy. If I disagree with someone, I do, either do it in a polite way. And if they... You know, there, there are the idiots obviously out there, but then I just move on or mute them and just. I've, I can't. I can honestly say um, I've never been impolite to someone on on, on social, and then, um, and and uh, he has blocked me for some reason, but uh, I I really couldn't care less. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk to you about Kotor, man, and 
And ja. KOTOR uh, is one hell of a game, the original one, you know? Um, the original, yeah. And so I was actually kind of excited to see uh, that they it's getting a full remake and they actually talked about, okay, we got inspired by the combat system from God of War and things like that. And um, it was supposed to be a Sony exclusive and then they pulled away from that. And um, everyone thought it was dead. And earlier this week, Jeff uh, Grubb confirmed that it's dead. It, nobody's working on it. And um, now Jason says it's still in the making. It's still in the making. And I was actually kind of surprised back when it was announced that it was a PlayStation exclusive because the first one obviously was an Xbox exclusive. So um, what do you think? Will this game still come out and should Xbox swoop in here and get it and fund it properly and and, and uh, bring this game out because it is potentially, could potentially be because the source material is just so fantastic. It could potentially be an awesome remake. Um, what do you think, man? Um, yeah, to be honest, I haven't, we haven't heard the best of things about this remake since it was initially kind of unveiled yeah. like i think months into it we started hearing issues about issues with it um, and development problems and uh, and it continued that way and then we didn't hear anything about the development at all up until the point that jeff grubb has come out and said like it's just dead and no one's really working on it and um, so the jason tried to come out and say actually two developers have said they're still working on it it, it doesn't really mean that that game's still going anyway fast <laughs> It yeah. could be either or. Like Jeff could very well have heard that the game's dead, and it could be the opinions of people involved in the studio think that the game's just like not really getting anywhere fast, or it's not really progressing, and they would class it as pretty much a dead project as it stands. Just because you're working on something doesn't mean it's going to get anywhere anytime soon. It could be another three, four, five years away yet. It could be classed as dead in the water because it isn't really making good headway. So... We'll wait and see. I've again, it's been a long, long time since I played Koto. Very long time. Um, but the initial, the initial info we had from its development wasn't great. So I, I already have my doubts about it. Until we see gameplay, or until we see the game running and yeah. what it is and how it's remade, I think I'll continue to have those doubts. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, everything we've heard, uh, it being in development hell and, and things like that, and obviously Sony pulling out because they didn't see the potential of it, isn't really promising. That's why I mean, uh, let, let some other big company like Xbox swoop in and save the day because, again, the, the source material, the source game, base game, um, really is, is something awesome. Uh yeah but yeah um in other news man uh we might get immortals of avium relatively soon in game pass and ps plus uh the ceo um brett robbins of ascent and studios um has said uh, yes we are talking to them about getting the game onto both those services we don't have a date yet but I, i'm pretty sure it's gonna be uh, happen um, so yeah, man, uh, Immortals of Avium, um, it made a few headlines. Um, it was re 
was received good. I feel like it just went under in this crazy year of awesome releases. Um, it looks looks fun. I haven't played it yet. Um, could come to either PS Plus uh, uh, and, and Game Pass uh, because obviously it didn't do well at the box office. We know that. Uh, they have come out, Ascendant Studios have come out and said it underperformed. But they are treating the game really well. A lot of support after the, the game. It was an Unreal 5 game, one of the first bigger ones, you know, running in Unreal Engine 5. And they've supported it really well. They are currently, pardon me, are currently working with AMD together to implement FSR 3. In there, they have uh, treated the game well with bug fixes and performance updates and so on. And um, apparently it runs really well already now. Um, and uh, yeah, do, do you think it's a good thing? When do you expect it to come? When should it come? Uh, because timing is always key. Yeah? If you bring that out uh, in Game Pass, you, uh, at the same time you bring in a Hellblade in there or so, it still go under. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, is, is the game fixed? Yes. Apparently it is. Right. In which case, anytime. But ultimately, it's an EA game, is it not? Um, who published it? Was yeah, it's, it? EA. it's an EA game. Yeah. 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 So therefore, it will just drop whenever it drops in the vault. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not a timing thing for, for Game Pass. It's not a choice. Um, whenever it drops in EA vault. Yeah, it that's is when we'll EA. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't think, I mean, we don't have any real, Microsoft don't have a say in when it drops or or when to drop it. For for them, to be fair, any time in December is fine because there is nothing the tail end of the year outside yeah. of Avatar. So I would say sooner the better. The sooner the better. I also feel like December or even January could yep. go well for them, could give the game a second breathe. People going to talk about it uh, on the socials, uh, especially if it drops yep. in both subscription services. I feel feel like that's a, that's a good guess. Uh, so let's see. Uh, it's definitely a game I'd love to play. I find it kind of weird for them to come out and put that statement out because obviously now knowing that it will eventually come to Game Pass, I don't know if that's beneficial for sales right in front of the uh you know holiday uh period uh so it it rather has to be sooner than later uh, i would expect yeah um yeah yeah and briefly shout I mean, I, out I, play it, I, I definitely play it on um on game pass but there's there was especially the way it was it came out there was absolutely no way i was buying that game yeah it, it just came out at the wrong time i feel like this is a but problem and, a lot and, of and, games had this quality. year you know, yeah, but then then the the quality issue of the game with with Unreal Engine five, it was like yeah. sub ten eighty p in some circumstances, and the performance was terrible. So um, until they got that ironed out, it, it was absolutely no chance. And again, because these games go into EA Plus, and a lot of people on PlayStation Plus and, and Xbox get to play these games when they drop into the vault anyway. Yeah, it doesn't like for us, it doesn't matter. Like the price, we can just go up. We'll just wait. It's terrible now, so I'll wait for it to drop in A plus. Yeah. A vault. Agree, agree. Um, yeah, it it just came out at the wrong time. I don't know if this game was particularly were in a worse state 
than most of the games that launched this year because which honestly which game came out bug free you know yeah um, you could argue starfield was a super polished game relatively for bethesda but yeah Jedi survivor had big issues Baldur's gate had big issues spider-man had issues a lot of games had issues you know um yeah don't feel like this is particularly bad uh, even a worse state than those others but it just it didn't have the oomph you know uh and when you release that game in the middle of of gaming season where you had back-to-back bangers of your diablos your final fantasies your starfields your Baldur's skates and so on all those games came around uh the same time that avm and and a lot of double a to smaller triple a games had this problem lies of p comes to mind yeah um uh, and so on and especially if you're not in a lies of p benefit definitely from from it being in game pass if it wouldn't have been in game pass nobody would have played it honestly um it's just uh, it was a tough year for those kind of games and you can tell this uh, say the same about the indies you know a lot of the good indies have just been overlooked because of the back-to-back AAA releases we had this year. Um, but yeah, let me shout out Sith Lord real quick. He sends in a super member chat and for being a channel member for 15 months now. Awesome, uh, man. Thank you so much for the continued support. And he says, Darth Phil should come in and offer unlimited power. <laughs> yeah, I think it was still referring to our KOTOR discussion. Uh, absolutely, man. Uh, that's that's what I should do. Because I love me yeah. some KOTOR. Uh, it's, the, it's the one mobile game I have played. It's like I never play on my phone. Nothing. Really. Uh but Koto is the one game that I have played on a, on on, a, on my phone. Um, I love it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Dutch. Let let us uh, move on. Uh, we have yet to cover the the community question. We have a couple of good ones there, but one quick thing. Um, GTA Six. We know the trailer is coming soon. There has yeah. been the rumor that it's going to be December 3rd. So right before the the Game Awards. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Because GTA... It's it's going, going to be after the Game Awards. They want to stay... You know, you want to keep the headlines. They're going to be the headlines anyway. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. But I do feel like, um, and I think they wouldn't. They also wouldn't do Jeff a, a service in putting it after the Game Awards and uh, having people think that it could appear there. I think they've probably seen that and thinking, no, 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 no. There's no no chance we're going to let him get some form of uplift from our potential release at the Game Awards. Like we want to make it about us. Um, so when we release this trailer, it will be at our time, not their time. And I think mm. they'll do it beforehand so that he doesn't get that additional boost of people thinking that they'll see GTA at the Game Awards. Mm. I think they'll just do it so that they get ahead of the ahead that's of a, the news. And that's often. an interesting train of thought. I haven't thought about it this way. I thought more about, 
Okay, uh, where, when is it going to stay the longest in the headlines? And that's definitely after the Game Awards, because with the Game Awards, um, there will come a lot of, you know, articles. This game has been announced, this has gotten a trailer, and this and that. And this, these are, and you just have like a lot of different headlines coming out of the Game Awards, obviously. So, I, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Uh, I know GTA stands on its own. Yeah, they don't need the Game Awards and they will be the thing that everyone talks about whenever they drop the trailer. But they will definitely stay longer in the news if they drop it after. So that was my train of thought. So we shall see if December 3rd turns out to be true. Uh, but yeah, I want to see it, man. I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to it. Uh, GTA is I'm, great. I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see where their technology is, 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 has improved since. Yeah. Because we have to think GTA 5 came out and at that time GTA 5 looked and performed brilliantly and then Red Dead 2 came out and it is still one of the best looking games, despite the fact that it's still like restricted um, that we've had, like, full stop. Some of the technology in that game was insane. The lighting especially was just nuts. Uh, and the level of detail, the world building and everything. So it'll be gr- it'll be insane to see how they've moved on from, from that and implemented what they learned in Red Dead 2 into GTA 6 and how they've improved beyond that. Because yeah. if, if we get the, the same level of detail, fidelity, lighting, etc., that we had in Red Dead 2 in GTA 6, then it could be another benchmark game for, yeah, for I the agree. generation. I agree. I mean, Rockstar games always looked fantastic. And if you think GTA yeah. 5 was still a 360 PS3 era game, yeah, and yeah. it still looks good. It, yeah, yeah, obviously you can tell it looks dated now, but it still looks good. And like yeah. you said, Red Dead um, is still phenomenal. Um, and the interesting thing is, these uh, Rockstar games are always console-first games. All the PC yeah. ports came out a year or so later. Uh, these are usually games that focus on the console first. And um, yeah. so it, it will be really interesting to see where they can push that game now with the current gen hardware, because I don't think it's going to be a a cross-gen game. I don't think it will come out on Xbox One X uh, One and, and PS4. It will be a current-gen only game. It will be a cross-gen game eventually because it will also come out on the uh, PS6. Yeah, it'll come out on so, everything for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, right now, I, I do believe it's going to be this gen only. And I do believe they are going to push uh, the limits there. Um, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, definitely something I'm looking forward to see. Um, but yeah, Dutch, let, let us come to the community questions uh, that our community always writes in. Um, usually on Wednesdays, this time we asked everyone to write in on Tuesday, obviously. Uh, but usually on Wednesdays, you can write in on Twitter, on, on YouTube, on wherever. And... Um, this week we got some cool questions. Um, Sith Lord. A quick ra- update here, by the way, before we get into it. Yes, please. Um, Killer Instinct live stream is happening now. Oh, for the nice. update. Um, 
if you already own the Killer Instinct Anniversary Edition, uh, sorry, uh, Killer Instinct Definitive Edition on Xbox or or Steam, um, the upgrade is free. Nice. Um, if you don't already own Killer Instinct, um, you will still get the base game for Killer Instinct free, but the Anniversary Edition um, with all 29 fighters, including uh, uh, XP boosters and hol- holiday accessories, etc., is $29.99. So That's there we go. If you already own the definitive edition, you get the yeah. upgrade free. If you don't, the base game is free, and the anniversary edition is twenty nine ninety nine. Nice. Sounds good, man. Killer Instinct. I still feel like they are testing the waters here. Yeah. Is it still interesting? Are people interested? And to see just how, where could they put land or position a Killer Instinct too? Um, which definitely should happen man Xbox yeah. needs a fighter um but, but yeah let, let's talk about the community question sith lord writes in and asks i know you don't celebrate thanksgiving but what are some things you are thankful for for me it's my family in this community being very supportive and always here to pick me up when i am down so yeah we don't celebrate thanksgiving here uh, well, for us, it's just yeah. a regular workday tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great question to think about. What are, what are you thankful for, man? Um, family, loved ones, and uh, being healthy, despite having uh, difficulties and things like that. Still being healthy, being alive, um, in in all intents and purposes, fit and fit and well. Um, but also, like I say, loved ones and friends. Those are the three things, really. As long yeah. as I'm healthy and I've got friends and, and loved ones, um, then then I'm, those are the things I'm thankful for. Everything else is material. <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely uh, the case. Um, I have a great family. I have two uh, wonderful kids and a beautiful wife and um, a loving wife. And, um, and that's definitely something I'm thankful for. But I also am super thankful for for this community here. All those people coming in here each and every Thursday, usually, uh, where we can talk gaming. We talk during the week on the social channels. Um, gaming is just so much more than just, you know, this, okay, I, I want to have some entertainment uh, in the evening hours after work. For me, uh, yeah. I made such great friends, um, you and others, and um, I'm I'm really thankful to be able to be a small part of this this amazing community, and yeah, um, that's definitely something I'm I'm also very thankful for. Um, yep. Fanto Sir writes in and asks. If you were stranded on a desert, on a desert island with only one console and one game and a TV, and you could power them, obviously, what would they be? Oh Jesus Christ! You'd want a game that lasts forever and 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 can change and can do other things than just one thing. I think, as random as it sounds, probably something like a Minecraft. Something that allows me to, to explore, to be creative, to to have a story, to have a purpose. 
um, to something that is essentially in its current state never ending. Um, one thing you don't want to do is choose a game that is, for me personally, choose a single player game mm-hmm. that has an end that ultimately can be finished. And once its replayability, which could be maybe two times over, has ended, there is nothing more. And I think there would be nothing. As much as you might love that game, being stuck there for eternity playing a singular a single game that has an end, you would ultimately end up hating that game. Mm. <laughs> I think a game that can be ever expansive and can be completely built upon forever, um, I think I'd probably end up picking a Minecraft. It makes a it lot of sense, weird. of course. Um, uh, see, I, I, I've never gotten into Minecraft. Um, yeah. So I would, I mean, I, I still think that probably the best game ever made is The Witcher 3. But like you said, if I have to play that, I mean, I did do play it a lot. I finished the entire game now five times, including all the in- DLCs and so on. But you make a lot of sense about this uh, that that can go on for long. So I would just take H four. You know, I can play that forever. That's yeah. I think what I would want if if Age four to be able to play that forever without truly getting bored. And I think Age, personally, I think Age in in its in its advancements and especially where you would expect it to be. Um, I personally think even the giant maps aren't big enough. Mm. I think you could the giant maps suck anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I think if you're if you're playing like a forever thing, and for instance, as as an creating an actual empire, what I would like Age to do again could be Age Five going forwards is really take advantage of these big systems that we get these days, and have these massive maps. Have the ability to have armies of thousands or civilizations of thousands and manage these units as a real war, as opposed to, as you know, it's I kind mean, of fixed that. Is it 200 or 500? Is it 500 as max? Or is um, it less? For, for, for uh, uh, civilization uh, population, Unit. 200. But the, yeah. uh, um, but the, the, the thing is... Um, you can play it that way. You can have massive maps. You can set the limit to whatever you want. You can do that. It's just not fun. Because the fun in part in age is actually managing limited resources, a limited amount. Uh, How many... you see, you see, see, this is this is the good thing about age, though, is because we both get different kinds of enjoyment from it. You like the limited resource and the challenge of it. I like the civilization building and the city building and, the, and you creating play it the that army. Way. And go, that's what I'm saying. I like the two different aspects. Yeah. I, I think if I was to play Age Forever, I would want it to be where I'm literally building up this massive civilization and watching them grow over time and then building this mammoth army and then having, like, like being this mega thing that can com- constantly evolves. And I think, meh, again, it's your game, though, but I understand because you have infinite love for age so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so but i think, I I think it's just because my thought is i want something that can last me forever and i feel like age as it is now i would 
I'd, I'd probably play it for a good few months solid and I'd be happy with it. But I think it would there would become a point where I'd be like, I think I've done everything there is to do on this now. Whereas I think with the likes of, and even um, Fanto said in the chat there, another one like an arc where you, it's just like the crafting, the building and the building things and like mm-hmm. as well as surviving, as well as doing. It's something that is infinite, essentially can be infinite. That's the kind of game I'd want on a on an island where it is there is an infinite end to it. There is, there is no end. I I still stick with H. You know, there's there's no end. There's always you can always improve, man. You can always improve, and every match is different. And there's so many skills you have but, uh, to learn. But wait, but wait, what were the rules for this? Were we allowed internet connectivity on this island via uh, via Satlink? Or are we not allowed in the connectivity and we just have a console, a TV, and a game? Hmm. I mean, if you have power, electricity, you will have internet as well. We might have a generator. <laughs> and you may, might have satellite uh, internet, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, the rules weren't stipulated, Boxy. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> may, maybe Fanto can clarify here. Fanto uh, just said no internet. Fanto said no internet. No internet. It's just because he doesn't want me to play H. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, Tony writes in: If you could yes. visit one studio to see behind the scenes dev work and talk to each department for twenty for a twenty twenty four release game, which would it be? For me, it would be a team that used mocap as well, so I could witness a few scenes that would show later in the game. So Playground would be cool. So he is probably assuming that Fable is a 2024 game. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Theory for me all day, every day. They've got one of the fanciest studios there and they have an on-site pub. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So absolutely Ninja Theory. (laughs) And then getting hammered with all the deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, no. Uh, Ninja Theory makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, Avowed is coming out in 2024, so uh, seeing the uh, the the insides of City would be an awesome studio to visit. Well, awesome studio to visit. Not only see one game, but you'd also see exactly. the other game. Exactly. Yeah. You would see would the Outer Worlds You would get to see Outer Worlds 2 mm. and Avowed. And <laughs> and I would just bring, you know, German beer with me uh, to, to Obsidian. And then we can, so, then we can just compare notes. I'll be like, this is so cool. What's happening with Project Mora and Hellblade? And you'll be yeah. like, this is so cool. What's happening with Avowed? And, and... There you go. <laughs> so, there we go. Easy. Double teamed. <laughs> Uh, last question of the day. Andrew Sauce writes in and says, the Series, uh, Series X uh, is discounted uh, 150 uh, Australian dollars right now. Are we set for a permanent discounting of the aging platforms? Yeah, the is a, this is a good one. Um, a good question. I would say possibly I, I i could see them going back up in price but i can see them also coming back up in price to a to an amount that's less than what the original retail value was mm. i can see maybe the series s going to like 2 210 um maybe the series x 
sitting, I don't know, I don't know even where it was sitting afterwards. Was it like 4.30, 4.40 or something? Mm. Maybe that reduces to 4. I don't know. Yeah, it's, an, it's an interesting one. Um, because usually, obviously, three years into the generation, we see price drops, permanent price drops. Um on all concerts, it's been very different with this gen. All prices actually have increased, yeah, by now, um, and I think it will be different for Sony and um, for Microsoft this gen, because Sony just released the you know PS5 Slim, and they had another price increase with that. Um, there's really no reason why they should drop the price. Um, then in uh, holiday next year, they will have most likely the PS5 Pro. Depending on where they are going to position that, it could could lead to a, a, a price drop for the PS5 um, Slim then, which is the, by then the standard model of the PS5. So I could yeah, the see... Wish edition. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I could see a permanent price drop there. With Xbox, yeah. it's going to be interesting. I don't think we will see one over the next year. But once a PS5 Pro is out, it's it's kind of hard to maintain the price point, depending, of course, on where the PS5 Pro is going to position price-wise. If there's a big enough gap... You know, if they go for the 700, 800 price range with the PS5 Pro, which the way Sony has behaved, I don't see that too unrealistic, to be honest, um, that they go for 700 for, for PS5 Pro. Who knows? Um, so if there's a big enough gap, it, it just wouldn't have that big of an impact on Xbox. But if they are priced in a similar region... Xbox Series X definitely will go down. Yeah. Um, the, question- well, the Series S, actually, I've just seen a post there from KMed. And he got a Xbox Series S and three month Game Pass for $150. That's insane, man. <laughs> That's insanely yeah, good. But his post was funny. His post said, I got a Series S for my daughter for Christmas because I wanted to know that I love her, but not that much. <laughs> 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 that's a good one um yeah so then xbox will also have their slim version coming out next holiday we ne- learned about that in the in the big xbox league this year uh so with them having a new console out i don't think that the price will go down so this will be very interesting to see where where's xbox going and uh yeah so i don't know about permanent price drops uh i don't think it it will happen that soon and if so not significant price drops so but yeah that i think that brings us to the end of the this show um as always it has been an absolute blast it has been an absolute blast with this community thank you guys so much in the chats here um we had an awesome time. I do hope you guys had it too. For all our Americans, friends, and those who celebrate Thanksgiving, 
happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy your time off and enjoy some quality time with the families. Uh, we will be back here obviously next week at the regular time. Thursday with the World of Gaming, Wednesday with the Midweek Mixer podcast. So um, that is for sure. But I do want to say a big thank you, of course, uh, not just to the people that are here, but actively supported through Super Chats and channel memberships. Um, means a lot to us, um, absolutely. Uh, and Dutch, let everyone know what you have coming up and where they can find you. Yes, so because obviously we're streaming today on both, um, and we're, we're doing the podcast today on both, I'm climbing mountains tomorrow and Friday. Mm. So that's what I'm doing. Um, for special effect, of course, we are not too far off uh, hitting our target. So our target was 1,500. Um, we're on about 1,150-something at the moment. Nice. So 76% um, of target. Um, so a little bit of work to go there. Um, but it is very much achievable. And, of course, I've got these mountain climbs for the next two days for that, and we've got till the end of the month to hit targets. So that's what I'm doing. Um, other than that, um, I am everywhere at Wonder and Dutch. Back next week, of course, with both the midweek mix-up on Wednesday and the World of Gaming on Thursday. Um, and usually every Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, um, I am streaming games on Twitch and YouTube. Um, at the moment, our rotation is Final Fantasy 16, uh, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, and uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, so Cyberpunk nice. will be Cyberpunk Tuesdays. Um, Final Fantasy will be Fridays and Mondays. And Elder Scrolls will be on Saturdays. Um, so feel free to join in any of those streams on both YouTube or Twitch. Um, but you'll find me on Twitch's Midweek Mixup and on YouTube, of course, as Wondering Dutch. But uh, yes, it's been a blast as always. What about you? Where can people find you, Boxy? Super easy to find me. Uh, it's Boxenberger everywhere. And yeah, it definitely has been a blast, man. Um, I can't wait for the weekend because that's when I'm going to dive deep into Final Fantasy and continue playing H. So yeah, again, um, have an awesome uh, Thanksgiving. To everyone else, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your gaming. We will be back next week. And up until then, don't forget to game on. <laughs>